From Harry Hurley Way in the world's playground to the broadcast pioneers of Philadelphia Hall of Fame. I want to congratulate my friend, Harry Hurley. You're about to find out why Harry Hurley has been named to the Talkers Magazine list of the 100 most important talk show hosts in the nation. Live from the studios of Town Square Media in Northfield, it's Hurley in the Morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Thank you. Welcome to the program. Seven minutes past the hour. Thanks for waking up early in the morning. I just read an article that was sent to me by a friend that is something I have to share with you. I won't be able to do it first, but I'm going to do it in this hour, I hope, because I don't know when else we would get to do it. Jam-packed day. We've got a lot to share with you this hour. Open forum. Your call's coming up in the 7 o'clock hour at 609-407-1450. Then Don Purdy. Then Don Hurley. Uh, fourth quarter, it must be because once a week, we sort of guarantee it. Uh, we've got to have an official mental health break. I'll tell you what, I need one. I did my usual 30-minute concert. Wish it could have been an hour before showtime. Uh I've been working on issues. Well, I don't stop. Uh, but since I woke up this morning, and it's almost becoming impossible to catalog this stuff. It used to be easy. You could you would pick maybe like three, four, five things, something like that. And it would be very easy because there wouldn't be a hundred to choose from. There is so much craziness going on. I mean, off the top of my head, these are the things that I think I'm going to cover with you today, if we can get to them all. Atlantic City Mayor Marty Small called in open public session Atlantic City Council President George Tibbet Casper. That's a black mayor calling a white councilman Casper. What do you call that? Casper the friendly ghost? Is that a compliment? Or is it something else? We'll report you decide, but we've got a lot to say about that. And in fact, if you want to get a head start on that, we filed an article about 40 minutes ago uh, on that topic. Did you ever think you would live to see a toxic train derailment that has poisoned a an area and FEMA rejected a request saying it doesn't qualify Oh, Senator, I want to. Oh, my gosh. How can I forget his name? Trump supporter J.D. Vance. J.D. Vance went there. He took a big, long stick and he put it in the water and he touched the bottom and he just scratched the bottom, the soil on the bottom. You see the chemical plume rise to the top of the water. Biden doesn't shoot down what he says he knew was a China spy balloon that they tracked from the very beginning. So he let it get here. Didn't shoot it down. Some convoluted bull about why they couldn't shoot it down. Then he started shooting balloons and objects out of the sky like it was a a penny arcade. And one of them appears to be like a $12 balloon that was of a party-style nature owned by a party club, like a 12-hour balloon. They spent $500,000 just on the missile. 
not the cost of the apparatus running and the staff on it and so on and so forth. $500,000. Now you know why he didn't talk for all this time. We still don't know. He said, we still don't know what these objects are. Well, you shot them down. How don't you know? How is this possible? This level of incompetence. Pete Buttigieg, no one from the federal government has gone to see the uh, residents in East Palestine, Ohio. Rain is expected today, which will cause spread even more. As I mentioned, FEMA rejected Ohio's request for disaster relief. Let's just say, just for fun, if this hit New York City or San Francisco, or you pick the Democrat area, you really think that would be this kind of response? I'll tell you, this country is messed up right now. Finally, some calls for Pothole Pete Buttigieg to resign. Finally. So as you can see, and then, of course, we have the residents in Venice Park in Atlantic City. They won over the small mayor. Small mayor evidently is bragging about some kind of award that he's getting. Him and his wife, they're just getting awards like left and right. They're so fantastic. They're just getting awards every day. We're so lucky. We are just so blessed. It's just never, never been this good. Prices have never been higher for everything, including food. And because I'm serious, my mind is I'm so overloaded right now with stuff. And not to mention all the other things that I do that also, you know, uh, require my time and attention. I mean, I get these emails because nobody nobody wants to help anyone anymore. So I get all I get all the communications. I put a parent in touch with who they should speak with because their child has been retaliated against. We've got another thing we're working on and another thing we're working on and another thing that we're working on. And what I always say is, look, if I either don't get back to you quick enough or you think I've dropped the ball, I mean, give me the benefit of the doubt. Write me again. When I tell you that because no one does what we do, there are times and this morning's one of them where I feel like I'm suffocating because there's so much bad stuff that's going on and no one knows where to turn to make it stop. It's just, it's it's at a level we've never seen before. Councilman Tibbetts said yesterday on the program that political retaliation is at a level never seen before. And we've, we've said the same. I know the answer to these things. You you have to literally make them more afraid of you than you are of them. That's the only way to win. They've got to be turned in for their conduct. Much of it is criminal. All of it is wrong. And the only way they win, look, I'm telling you right now, if the residents in Venice Park would have just cowered and and cried and just gone away. There would have been a vote. It would have been five to four. And there would be a stanky trash to steam, trash to cash boondoggle coming to their neighborhood. 
one thing that was very gratifying, uh, and I give all the credit to the residents. I'm not going to lie. We put in hours, several hours just on air, not to mention the two articles and a lot of lift that we did behind the scenes. But I didn't take any credit for any of it. We give credit to the residents. I'm no fan of this, uh, uh, the, the chair of the committee, but I'm a huge fan of the vice president and I'm a huge fan of the residents. They were going to be done wrong. So it didn't matter to me that there's one fool uh, that I guess if she would have had her way, uh, they'd have a trash to steam, steam plant coming. But I'm used to that. We know all about cognitive dissonance. When someone would rather have the fool that's in office hurting them than take help in a way that could help them. I run into that. Oh, my gosh. I run into that crap all the time. All the time. But what a victory for the people. And and a case study showing how you don't have to take that kind of stuff. And that's why Marty Small was babbling like a fool at the meeting because he thought he had his five puppets all lined up. The whole thing went south that even Kaleem Shabazz and Stephanie Marshall, the two sponsors of the trash to cash, trash to steam scheme, they voted against their own legislation that they sponsored. You know it's bad when that kind of stuff is going on. So can you can you get a little like flavor for why it's hard to catalog all this stuff? The, the list is just it's it's like an avalanche of news and you're you're trying to hold it up with two hands like Atlas holding up the world. You're holding up all this stuff uh, that if you just take a break for a second, you got to have to scratch. You got an itch, you know, on the side of your face. But you can't scratch it because the whole thing is going to come, you know, collapsing down. The only I guess because I do get asked, you know, what's your advice? You know, crazy stuff is happening. My brother shared something with me minutes before airtime. I didn't have a chance to write it back because I I don't know what it is about today. But I'm getting text message by more people before six o'clock in the morning than maybe any one day in my lifetime. So I just had to stop writing everybody. Because I couldn't keep up. But my brother wrote me about a former commissioner. Uh, They have all kinds of, you know, loud noise at night. Every night used to be a quiet, beautiful neighborhood. Uh, I remember when Ted Bergman was commissioner and Ventner and and Scott Becker. uh, But it was Ted, really, that cracked down on um, anything involving code enforcement. There had been many illegal conversions of units that shouldn't be occupied, people that turned whatever basements into apartments and all kinds of different things. And, of course, in the era of the uh, the BNB, you can have anything going on. And, and think about it. There are people blowing in and blowing out, you know, for a day or two at a time, and they don't care. They're they're they're. They're partying like, you know, like you can't imagine. 
So this former commissioner is writing about, you know, 10, 11, 12 o'clock at night, partying going on. This is a this is a former commissioner. I mean, there's just craziness all around us. One other thing before we go to the first break, this is on this list of things that I'm trying to put in some semblance of order to be able to have a conversation with you about it all. I'll, I'll think about it during the break. I'm too overloaded right now to, to even process what, what's going through my mind at the moment. Uh, it, it's it's like a tilt. I'm like a pinball machine about to tilt because I'm just getting suffocated by problems and, and stuff. People saying they're not getting paid. and I mean, it goes, you know, it's just unbelievable. Unbelievable what's going on. And nobody knows where to turn. So it is fortunate. And I appreciate the fact that people turn to us and then we try to go through this stuff. And if we can help them, we try to help. And if it's something we can't help, but we know who to send them to. I sent someone to Congressman Van Drew this morning. I know they're going to be able to help this person. It's a federal matter. And it's it's a issue of retaliation. Uh, and I'm confident they're going to get relief. But I saw, and I'll think of it during the break. I just can't think of it right now, uh, who the author of this is. But we know that food prices are incredibly high. And so many things in terms of the runaway inflation, wages not keeping up, all the stuff that's going on, very, very bad stuff. Someone actually made the recommendation a way to save money, not fix the problem so that we don't have this incredible high prices forever. You see, you understand that's Bidenomics forever. High prices for everything forever. If we stay on this course, God help us if we stay on this course, because their advice and I'll, I'll tell you who it is after the break, because, again, I've, I just can't think of it at the moment. But I didn't forget the issue, though. Their advice is you can save money by skipping breakfast. This is actually what they're saying. Don't forget that so many people and I know a lot of people eat light at breakfast and so on and so forth. And some just maybe a cup of coffee or juice and wait till lunch. That's a choice. But there are many, many studies that will tell you breakfast is the most important meal of the day. And they're telling you you can save money. Not that they should put policies in that will bring prices back down to where they should be. They're telling you to skip a meal. And you would be shocked to learn what percentage of America right now that they are skipping meals and they are changing the food that they buy. And so many Americans that are now buying their food in dollar stores, which, as you know, are not really a dollar anymore. They're like a dollar and a quarter and two dollars. I mean, even that, that that was able to exist for 40 years, dollar stores. Not anymore. Imagine telling people you can save money by skipping breakfast. This is. This is the country that we're living in right now. Scary, isn't it? We'll be back. Fox News commentary. CNN's Don Lemon makes this remark about Nikki Haley's age, and uh, it didn't go over well. I'm Tommy Laren. Find out next.
Democrats just want to win the next election, and they're trying to do it with ceaseless money printing. They do not care if the value of your retirement is sacrificed. Hi, Stephen K. Bannon. It is critical to protect your retirement right now with a gold IRA from Birch Gold Group. To learn more, get a free info kit on gold IRAs by texting the word SHELTER to 989898. There's nothing to buy and no obligation at all. Text the word SHELTER to 989898 to get a free info kit on gold. A fan of Nikki Haley, and I think she has a snowball's chance in hell of winning the Republican nomination, much less presidency, but it has nothing to do with her age. That's apparently not the case in Don Lemon's view. In a discussion with his female co-anchors, Don Lemon claimed that at 51 years old, Nikki Haley is not in her prime, and he went on to say, according to Google, the prime age for a woman is in her 20s through maybe 40s. <laughs> Can you imagine if a conservative male anchor said this of Kamala Harris, or any female for that matter? It's blatant sexism and ageism and completely tone deaf. Now, Don Don Lemon did tweet out a half-baked apology where he recognized that a woman's age doesn't define her personally or professionally. Blah, blah, blah. We get it, Don. You put your foot in your mouth and you offended pretty much every woman in America. But don't worry, we won't cancel you because unlike the perpetually triggered and fragile left, we will get over it. I'm Tommy Lahren and you can watch my show. Tommy Lahren is fearless at OutKick. Hi, it's Mark Levin. Join me this evening at 6. Now back to Hurley in the morning on WPG Talk Radio, 95.5 FM. 1450 AM, South Jersey's talk station. Thank you. Great one. 28 minutes past the hour. So you can tell we were fired up. We, we ran long in the first segment, but we'll, we'll catch up in this mini segment. Not, not to worry. A very good friend, Mike wrote me and it's a great question. And, and fortunately, uh, I have the definitive answer. Good morning, mayor. How come the house can't approve FEMA for Ohio? Is that possible? Uh, no. Mr. Hero, it is not. See, here's how it works. We'll give you a mini example. In Atlantic City, you have a mayor, you have the executive branch, and you have the legislative branch. In that form of government, it's a weak mayor, strong city council, council, mayor proposes, council disposes. When the mayor proposes a budget, it becomes council's budget at that point, and they then take the budget from there. Now, of course, and we went into it at length with Tibbet yesterday, it's all crazy right now because you have this goofy mayor uh, in, in clown costumes and the state that is going along with a lot of this madness. I uh, can't wait for Cittarelli to be governor. Uh, and I'll tell you, uh, you crazies in Atlantic City and you know who you are because there's a lot of really good people, too. I'm talking about your government, not the residents. Uh, get as much of your political thievery that you can get done in the next couple of years because it's it's going to be over. I mean, a smackdown is going to be coming that they're just not even going to believe. This madness will end. And it's simple. It can't continue. It's so out of control that it can't continue. You've got a lunatic mayor giving himself awards, uh, bragging how great he is and and calling uh, the immediate past council president a white man, Casper. If you did the opposite, if a white person did this kind of thing to him you know what the result would be. Basically, the end of the world. And watch how everyone yawns over this. It's just, you have to understand, it's the way that it is right now. It's not going to stay this way, but it is the way that it is right now. So, Mike, here's the way it goes. It is true that all spending measures originate in the House, but they can't appropriate a line item that's, they have their own budget that they can spend from, but they can't 
order the administration to appropriate money to the citizens in Ohio. They shouldn't have to, but they legally can't. Once and it's on a continuing resolution right now. But once you have a they don't have a budget because they never approve a budget. It's it's disgraceful. But a CR is basically allowing you to spend at a certain level and the administration is then authorized to spend that amount of money. But you can't order them. See, for example, city council can knock down if, if small puts up a nominee to be hired and it requires advice and consent of council. Council can vote it down. But council can't tell the mayor, uh, spend money on this. It's just a separation of the powers. And for those that are just getting up, part of my opening monologue was that they applied for FEMA funding because of this toxic train derailment. Do you know there was another train derailment yesterday and some of the cars had toxic chemicals but they, those particular cars did not tip over, thank God. By the way, the same uh, – what's the name of it? Norfolk Southern Railroad, a second train derailment with chemicals. But at least at this hour, no evidence that any of those chemicals um, have leached the way, of course, that happened here uh, in uh, – what's the place called? East Palestine. Ohio. No help from the federal government. No hue and cry from the media. Maybe Fox News, me, handful of people, Hannity, Kilmeade, some of the others. But none of the Democrat media. Remember how they trash Republican presidents when there's not a proper response to you can see how everything is political. And if you're a Democrat, you get away with it. And I'm so sick of this. I'm serious. At some point, if that doesn't change, uh, I have a radical solution for what I will do about it. And I don't want to get into that right now. It has nothing to do with um, some nuclear option or anything. But my response, if, if this continues and there's just no way to defeat it, I know exactly what I will have to do at that point. Because I'll keep fighting until the end of time as long as there's a path to win. If this game becomes so rigged that there's no way to win, I'm not I'm not going to be in the game. I'm just not going to do it. Uh I, I just love life too much and time is so precious that I won't be able to spend it on a completely unwinnable playing field where the game is completely rigged. Boy, there is an article in the um, the New York Post today that a great friend of mine sent to me. I read it before airtime. It's absolutely fantastic. It's about the Super Bowl and everything that went wrong, including the field conditions. How do you play... How do you have a multi-billion dollar industry and you play the game on a field like that? That's not really been given its due in terms of discussing what happened here. How was this allowed?
look, I know you're going to paint the NFL logo in the middle of the field. And then on the sides, you have these other long banner like painting things that you're doing. But the field was crap beyond slipping on paint. The field was crap. A great article was written that I'm going to try to share with you after this break. But, Mike, that's the answer. Congress cannot appropriate a particular line item for a single-use purpose and say this money goes to East Palestine, Ohio. Look, I think this thing is going to spread beyond Ohio. It's in the water. It's going to move. This is this is a terrible situation. And you watch at some point, the federal government is going to have to respond. But can you believe these people? It's forty thousand dollars. To do and who knows if it's even good enough to do a cleanup on your property inside your home. This black residue is all over people's properties. It's coming in through the HVAC. It's making people sick. It's killing fish and animals. J.D. Vance stirred it up in the water. The water looked beautiful. And he took the stick and he just scratched the bottom a little bit and agitated a little bit. And boom, colorful chemicals come flying up. And our government that gives illegals everything, that gave criminals all kinds of money, during the summer of love and all this this incredible distribution of millions to unscrupulous people, they tell the people in Ohio, you don't qualify for assistance. Who do you know that can afford $40,000 to try to clean up your property? I'll tell you, I hope that we all have the compassion that we should for this. Could you imagine today if all of a sudden your home that maybe you still have a mortgage, you're paying every month and you're paying your property taxes and you're trying to make it in this hyperinflation and all the bad things that are going on in in Biden's America where he's destroyed the country basically in two years. Could you imagine having a $40,000 bill? You know, they can't get their wells tested and their water tested. They keep saying, oh yeah, test the water. It's safe, they tell them it's safe to drink. I want one of those jackasses To go in there, open up the tap, don't let it run at all. Just open up that tap, fill up eight ounces, and guzzle it down. You think they're going to do that? Watch Aaron Brockovich with Julia Roberts when that glass of water is from the tap water in the house and you watch the people push that water away. Governor DeWine said, that he was asked, it was a great question, would you drink that water? He said, I would drink bottled water right now. You're damn right you would. This is a disgrace what's happening. This is the Town Square, New Jersey Info and Weather Network. And this is Harry Hurley at 38 minutes past the hour, three stories that you can follow right now. It's actually going to wind up being four. Atlantic City Mayor Marty Small calls White Councilman George Tibbet Casper. Wow. We have two Steve Wynn articles that are still going strong. Check them out, please. And Atlantic City's Venice Park residents defeat Mayor Small 
and stopped an unwanted trash to steam plant in the Venice Park section of Atlantic City. That and more on the app. Read all about it. From the Town Square, New Jersey Info and Weather Network, I'm Chief Meteorologist Dan Zaro. Wet, then windy, warm, then cold. A wild day of transition ahead. Rain moves in this morning through early afternoon. Heavy at times with rumbles of thunder possible. Then turning blustery, windy and colder this afternoon. Temperatures tumble from the 60s to around 50 by sunset. 27 tonight with a stiff breeze. Wind chill may be in the teens. Sunny and 45 tomorrow. Get weather 24-7 wherever you are. Download our free mobile app today. I always wanted to learn. WPG Talk Radio 95.5. WPG Talk Radio 95.5. South Jersey's number one talk station. All because of you, you did that. And it is my pleasure to welcome to the program. I was just thinking during the break because I knew I was going to be bringing him on right after the break. We have known each other for about 50 years, which doesn't even seem mathematically possible with how young he is. We served on the Vendor City Board of Education together, and I know that Tom served at different times on the planning board. I also believe the zoning board of adjustments, just an all-around great person, friend, and community leader, my good friend, Tom McAdam. Tom, welcome to Hurley in the Morning. Morning, Harry. It's, it's kind of early in the morning, but I'm blushing already. Oh, That's yeah. First great intro. How you doing, <laughs> yeah, man? I was, you know... I was thinking that myself, how long we've known each other. Boy, it's been a long time, an enduring relationship, an enduring friendship. Uh, no question. No question about it. Uh, go, go ahead. The, the other day you were discussing that uh, 518,000 job report. Yes. Uh, I'm just wondering what, how many of those are the illegal, illegal immigrants that are uh, in our country now uh, that biden has given a job to oh my gosh well you know this much any income being earned no taxes are being paid sure yeah that's that's the way and that's why he wants to clip uh waitress and waiters i'll call them service uh staff they they want to clip them every which way they can i mean it's just it is terrible what's going on tom it's it, well, it's it's easily anti-American, but I mean, it's it's just you know these these are the people that are uh, support the country, hardworking people probably have two jobs because of the economy and the inflation to to make ends meet, and and they're the ones that are are being put through the ringer, while people not from here and and God knows what they're bringing into the country are getting a free ride. I mean, it's just. It sparks, I uh, hate to use the word anarchy or, or revolution, but I mean, it's, it's, it's just how much are the, uh, are the American people going to take? Exactly. But, you know, we thought, and that this is why I just don't know what's going on, though. Wouldn't you have thought people saw how high gas prices were, food prices are, eggs are up like 85%. I mean, I could go on and on. You know it all, Tom. Uh, everybody's living it. And yet the midterm election barely squeak out a majority in the House and Democrats barely keep control of the Senate. Could it be that our politics is just so divided that people will vote against their own self-interests? I mean, I'm not ruling out that this ballot harvesting and vote by mail on this stuff is, is, you know, rigging the game. 
but something incongruent, something that doesn't fit is going on here, my friend. Well, it, it just is an example that the uh, the election in uh, in Pennsylvania with Oz and and this other clown. I mean, that, you know, Oz was 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 obviously the clear better candidate, knowledgeable and all, but they used the the Democrats used the marketing tool of of not being a uh, Pennsylvania resident, and they were successful with it. Uh, and I think. The Democrats outworked the Republicans in, in getting the vote out, and and uh, that, coupled with the the quality of the Republican candidates, all across, I, I it doesn't make sense to me. I mean, it, it's just it's upside down. Yes, that's why we call it bizarro world because everything is upside down. I mean, we had a president that allowed a balloon that was known to be a China spy satellite. So it was purposely mapping the country for bad purposes, bad intentions. Uh, and the president said we couldn't shoot it down because it wasn't safe to shoot it down over land. Then they start shooting these other things out of the sky with great regularity. One of them, a party balloon. They spent $500,000. That's how much that missile that they shot it down with. A party balloon, Tom. It's crazy what's going on. Yeah, I, I think that the pilot of the Goodyear blimp ought to be uh, <laughs> get hazardous duty pay. No, it's terrible, and well, it's, it's getting worse. It's a shame, but but I mean, it, you know, thank God there's people like you that are getting the word out and and at least educating the people on the issues that you're not going to hear on the, on the uh, the other media. I know it's a shame. Well, they have an agenda, so you know. Normally, I mean, think about it. We've lived through all these different things, Flint, Michigan and the water there, President Bush in New Orleans. You could go on and on whenever there's a crisis and the media believes that the administration in office at the time seems like it's only if it's a Republican administration, to be fair, uh, isn't getting the job done. They suffocate them with immense nonstop 24 seven criticism. They don't go and help these people. FEMA turns them down for help. Nobody in the media is reporting this. How do you turn people down that their throats are burning, their skin is getting blisters and 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 rashes and fish are dying? I mean, you, it would start just even if they say it's safe, you would say, well, wait a minute now. It's safe to drink that water and the, the fish are dying right there in front of us by the thousands. I mean, this is unreal that this is going on. And Pete Buttigieg is borrowing uh, Biden's basement to stay clear of the issue. There you go. Exactly. In hiding. And, and by the way, he, well, did the, he did the worst thing you could do. He blamed Trump. <laughs> I know. You got to yeah. laugh. He said, oh, we're, we're, we're the Trump policies. Uh, well, you don't have to follow anything the other guy did. Does that, by the way, did that, would that keep him from calling in? for flying in look i don't blame him uh he didn't want to go there and and get poisoned but that's his job his job is to provide leadership and kamala harris's job was to to inspect the border yeah how's that job she's done with that how's that going okay all right my friend it's always good to talk to you have a very safe and happy healthy weekend you too my friend see you tom
Be well. Let's get our break in. We're going to take more calls right after the top of the hour break. Please don't go away. 609-407-1450. And open phone line on the Hurley in the Morning program. Hurley in the Morning. WPG Talk Radio 95.5. And on the WPG Talk Radio app. Hi, it's Mark Lee and Van Camp. Join us later today at 1. Now back to Hurley in the Morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5 FM and 1450 AM, South Jersey's talk station. One of the stories we've been following from the beginning uh, for a lot of reasons. He's a very famous person. Uh, I think he's a great actor, and I always liked him a lot, uh, and that's Bruce Willis. So when we heard about uh, the, the diagnosis of aphasia, and that was terrible, uh, we communicated that to you now yesterday it's been determined that this is a form of dementia that he has been diagnosed with it's not it's not a good prognosis at all uh very very sad actually um frontal type lobe is affected so all the areas that control speech uh, in some cases, even walking and things like that. So Demi Moore put out the following statement. Challenges with communication are just one symptom of the disease Bruce faces. While this is painful, it is a relief to finally have a clear diagnosis. If he could today, he would want to respond by bringing global attention and correctedness with those who are also dealing with this debilitating disease i want to see i think i have it uh, i thought i had it right on the top of my briefcase hold on because i want to you probably have heard this by now oh i just came across what don lemon did i'm going to get to that yeah here it is frontotemporal dementia so what that does is it affects it's an umbrella term for what he has that affects the frontal and the temporal lobes of the brain. And these are the areas of the brain that are generally associated with personality, behavior, and language. And the family shared the diagnosis to bring awareness of the disease. Terrible. Here's another thing that only Democrats could get away with. Notice how I go to, I mean, painstaking lengths. And it's not it's not to be politically correct. I've never believed in this whole ageism thing that some people like I thought when Nikki Haley said anybody over 75 is going to have to take some type. I don't think she worded it exactly this way, but some type of mental acuity test. No, I don't think that's the case. You, you could have an 80 year old that is just unbelievably sharp, vital conversant uh, that, that doesn't present in any way the only time you call for something like that isn't because of the age it's because of the condition of the person i mean for example why we said john fetterman should not be seriously considered and this never should have happened he should not be a united states senator is because he demonstrated that he was not well enough to do the job. You didn't have to be a doctor to see it. Joe Biden demonstrates regularly he's not well enough to do the job. There was a time he was and he would have been terrible still because he's always been wrong. 
but he's not well enough at this stage. And it's I'm telling you, and I've been saying it since before he was elected, it's downright dangerous. So now, and I pray for the guy, now Senator Fetterman checked himself into a hospital for depression. I mean, this guy should not be a senator. We'll be back. Your calls are next. WPGG Atlantic City, WENJHD3 Millville, a Town Square media station. Everything you need to know in six minutes starts now. From Harry Hurley Way in the world's playground to the broadcast pioneers of Philadelphia Hall of Fame. I want to congratulate my friend, Harry Hurley. You're about to find out why Harry Hurley has been named to the Talkers Magazine list of the 100 most important talk show hosts in the nation. Live from the studios of Town Square Media in Northfield, it's Hurley in the Morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. You know, I was just thinking during the break about all this craziness around us. You've got the sitting mayor of Atlantic City calling Councilman Tibbet a ghost. You have the president of the United States. It, it appears they're not denying it. Shooting down a $12 party balloon with a four hundred or $500,000 missile. You, you could have shot a little paper clip with a rubber band and taken that down. I'm telling you, if you gave me if you gave me three shots, I'd take that thing down with a paper clip. Five hundred thousand dollar missile. I can't I mean I'm I'm having like an out of body experience today at all this craziness. FEMA turns down an area where literally Fish and animals are dying and chemicals are in the air, in people's homes, in the water. They're telling you it's safe to drink the water. They haven't even been there. Nobody can get their wells tested. Nobody has $40,000 to do some sort of remediation. Their homes are filled with black soot all over the, uh, the flat living surfaces. Nobody from FEMA no one from Norfolk Southern, they blame, I'm telling you, I'm used to this because this is what the Biden administration does. They blame you for why they do what they do. Norfolk Southern said, and that's the railroad, they had a second uh, train derailment, by the way, with chemicals, but the um, the cars with the chemicals did not tip over, thank God. At least that's what's being said, but I don't believe anything that any of these people tell us anymore. But Norfolk Southern Railroad didn't attend the meeting because they said they were afraid. Now, this is an area that has they're not violent people. No one got arrested at that meeting. Now, think with nobody from FEMA, no one from the federal government, no one from Norfolk Southern Railroad. They didn't have fights in there as angry as they were about all that. So if you had been there. They just wanted you to hear them, hear from them. No Republican administration could ever get away with any of this. You know what I'm talking about. The record is completely verifiable. This is not a talk show host with an opinion. These are facts that Republicans get treated differently than Democrats. Can you imagine if Trump, if FEMA turned down in the same way, if Trump were the president, what these fools in the media would be doing? Don Lamont and the rest. And having a transportation secretary that is 
just never, never where he should be. You know what would be going on. They would be raising hell. Welcome to Hurley in the Morning. You're on the air. It's a great day in Brigantine, Harry. Yes. Um, you know, I, I really don't know where to begin, but uh, uh, let's, let's do an umbrella question for you because I've reached this point a long time ago. And I think you and I have talked about this. Have you reached a point yet where you can actually believe that your government would intentionally hurt you? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Now, now there's degrees to that. Like, I'm, I'm, I don't think the government would intentionally poison the well, uh, would, would, you know, do something like that. But they're, they're weaponized. They're, they'll make up charges, make a good law-abiding citizen that's lived a perfect, clean life turn you into a criminal. I, I believe they'll hurt you in many ways. I don't know how far you're willing to go on that. Okay, I'll, I mean, I'll go this far. If you're not the right color, the right community, the right box checked, uh, they won't send help for you. I believe that. Well, so you made you made my point. And, and Andy, I have to believe that because they've done that now. When was this derailment in East Palestine, Ohio? How many days ago? couple of weeks now isn't it i think it's february third yeah i'm thinking two weeks maybe a little more they've offered no help whatsoever and they've turned them down that should have been a federal declaration remember the federal government is supposed to be limited and only for the things that we cannot do ourselves this is a perfect example of the federal government has the wherewithal to immediately provide Assistance for people to have their wells tested, to have their homes cleaned, and all of these things. They didn't do anything. They're allowing, and it's going to rain today, and that's going to spread it more. They're allowing this catastrophe to continue. So how could I answer your question any differently? They didn't send help. No. So these, these are the people who, who claim to have the, um, the, the lion's share of the compassion in this country. Now, uh, let's let's pretend. What, what if that would have been in Chicago or in Michigan or in California? Uh, do you think we'd be talking about this two weeks later like this? Well, there, there would have I'll answer the question. There would have been a federal declaration that day. The second that the derailment, if I was the president, the second the derailment happened, I wouldn't even have waited for the governor to send me uh, a declaration, you know, request. I would have declared it a federal emergency, dispatched all kinds of assets, and it, we would have gotten right on it, cleaning everybody's houses, testing their water, uh, drop shipping, I mean, voluminous amounts of bottled water, uh, all kinds of things. And you know it and I know it, that's what would have happened. Well, they deprived Americans of of food and other products during all this uh, this issue with the with the uh, distribution, the shipping, but they made sure they got plenty of it to the border to feed illegals. And let me tell you something: this thing that Trump got in trouble for about that they're not sending us their best. Remember that? Yeah. Through the southern border. Okay. Well, you know what, Harry? They're not sending us their best because on a very basic level. 
If you decide that you're going to go into a country illegally, what you have said is that you have no respect for their laws nor the rule of law. And I don't even want to hear about the children because if you think that way, you're setting an example and you're teaching your children to think the same way. I don't want them here. Okay. That money that's being spent on these illegals, and they are criminals because they've broken the law to come here. They've broken one of our most important laws, our immigration law. Okay. You've got money for them. You take care of these people in Ohio. Now, like you said, imagine everything else is the same, except this was New Orleans, this train derailment, and Trump were president. Can you imagine? You'll, you'll recall what happened to the Democrats, uh, what they did to the Republicans when the water in Flint, Michigan was bad. That was a 24-hour-a-day story. But because of Pete Buttigieg and his predilections and the capital D next to his name, he gets a pass. Well, I will say this, though, Andy. There are now calls for his resignation. Now, he's not going to resign, and Biden's not going to remove him because Biden's not in charge anyhow. But because they can't afford to do that, it doesn't fit, you know, their 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 way of operation. They can't they can't fire Pete. Uh, But I do I do believe this. See if you agree with me on this. Hasn't Pete Buttigieg disqualified himself from any serious consideration to be president ever? Well, did you see the tweet from Lauren Lauren Boebert? No. Oh, but if you, Harry, if you give me, if you give me 10 seconds, I will uh, bring it up. Let's see. I know I posted it. I post. Oh, yeah. Here. This is from Lauren Boebert. Any presidential aspirations Buttigieg had before getting handed this position he has now are dead. Yep. He might be the biggest cabinet failure in the entire Biden regime. And you're talking about a cabinet that includes Mayorkas. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's well said. This is um, this is uh, Beto O'Rourke, Stacey Abrams, the whole Peanuts gallery on steroids times infinity. And you know what? He knows it, too. This guy actually thought he was going to be the president. They're they're touting these polls with him leading in New Hampshire and and all this stuff. When you're a failure at where you are now. And he he's a perfect example of what I call Democrats losing their way to the top because he was a loser when he was mayor of South Bend, Indiana. That's why they called him Pothole Pete. You know, you could be called Pothole Pete because you get potholes filled and and you you're on the ground and you get it done and it would be a compliment. No, he was Pothole Pete because there were potholes. Uh, It's like Marty Small on the surface of the moon in Atlantic City. Uh these are people that are terrible at the job that they have, and they should never be given upward mobility like this. This this was a was a terrible hire, totally unqualified to be the transportation secretary. No skill sets whatsoever to hold that position. So obviously, we, we, you and I went into this yesterday. He was hired because he checked other boxes. And that's the problem with this administration. They're incompetent. They're picking people for all the wrong reasons. Sean Hattie is up, Andy. We've got to go. More calls coming up after the break. 609-407-1450 right after this. It is early in the morning. 
Turn up your radio. Here's the Sean Hannity Morning Minute. And the way I'm interpreting it is this. They got humiliated by the communist Chinese, and then they panicked. And then anything that was in the sky, without even identifying what it is, they just decided we're just going to shoot this sucker right out of the sky, and this way we can't be criticized again. You shot down three things, Joe, objects, and you don't have a clue what you shot down. And that's because you didn't shoot down the one that you're saying now that you knew was coming into our airspace, that you knew was from China, and you look like, you know, you look weak and foolish on the world stage. As the events of the previous days have shown, he goes on, we'll, we'll always act to protect the interests of the American people. This is the biggest screw-up of all time. Check out the Sean Hannity Radio Show later today, right here. You can get windows worthy of a presidential suite without inflating your budget. Now you can transform any room with new window treatments from our friends at Blinds.com. Now shop huge discounts on blinds and shades and shutters and so much more. Plus you can rest easy with their 100% satisfaction guarantee. So shop Blinds.com President's Day Sale right now for up to 45% off everything plus door busters. Save up to 45% off site-wide now at Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Finding great candidates to hire can be like, well, trying to find a needle in a haystack, but not with ZipRecruiter. Its powerful technology actively finds and invites qualified candidates to apply to your job. So while other companies might deliver a lot of hay, ZipRecruiter finds you the needle in the haystack. See why four out of five employers who post a job on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. Try ZipRecruiter for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash free. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash. Hey, it's Tom P. Join me for Rack and Fin Radio tomorrow morning at 5. Now back to Harry Hurley on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Thank you, Tom P. 21 minutes past the hour. Hurley in the morning on the job. And you're on the air. Phone lines are open right now and for all of this hour at 609-407-1450. We have Don Purdy, the Atlanta County Republican Party chairman, joining us right after the top of the hour break. And then another Don, Don Hurley, in a Hurley in the Morning official mental health break Friday, 9 o'clock hour that we try to do uh, once a week. Just to turn. Think about it. Think about what we've been talking about since 6 o'clock this morning. It's dreadful. This is why we have to structure hours such as today's nine o'clock hour where we don't talk about stuff like this. It just becomes it just becomes too much. Welcome to Hurley in the morning. You're on the air. Hey, you're gracious. Good morning, Harry. Uh, I would just say I have to concur, but it's so obvious that uh, the Biden administration, every one of its cabinet members are hired via diversification and not qualifications. That's number one. Number two, I feel very bad for uh, the, the physical condition of John Fetterman, but thank God he's not the senator of Ohio, and because those people would have no voice whatsoever. And the fact that he's in going into a, a clinical uh, hospital shows that his team is in retreat. They're in damage control. And number three, this is a future program. I know you normally have once a month. The Atlantic City Electric Program, when is that coming up again? Because there's a program that all the utilities are offering, PSNG, Atlantic Electric, Elxion, where it's this NEIF uh, fund. It's uh, a loan, 0%. However, the monies are being distributed because the state has given up uh, its uh, powers 
to uh, give rebates. So it, they put given all this extra funding to the utility companies. However, the Inflation Reduction Act has billions of dollars delegated to certain states to convert to all electric appliances and upgrade systems, just like uh, Ambient Comfort, who came to my house and did the estimate. However, they say that this money, the Inflation Reduction Act funds for new systems, is so far down the line that before it was supposed to be available come this May, and now they would, uh, one of the guys uh, called me and told me that they were on a webinar and nobody seems to know when this funding from the Inflation Reduction Act is going to be available for people that meet the qualifications. Isn't so, that, isn't that I, a wonderful um, uh, confusion? I don't know why things have to be that way. Because it's the federal government and they want to control the purse strings. And they, you know, they talk about having a, uh, your, your, the boot on the neck. It's not on the... Before they put the boot on the neck, they want to step at, step around and walk around a dog park and then put it on our neck. It's absolutely horrendous. Terrible. I'll tell you, it is. It's. We'll put it this way: we can all, you know, laugh at ourselves every once in a while, but our country—that's something not to laugh at. No, not really at all. Isn't. If I hear, I will let you know. Uh, and as always, I appreciate the opportunity to talk to you because you're quite a gentleman. Have a good day and a nice weekend. 609-407-1450, an open phone line. Welcome to the Hurley in the Morning program. You're on the air. Yeah, good morning, boss. How are you, sir? I'm very well. Thank you for asking. How are you? Uh, I can't believe what I'm hearing on the radio with this country here this morning between you and your listeners. Uh, it's rough. This is craziness. It is. It's madness. I'll, I'll, take, you, I'll take you one step further with, uh, with how bad this Biden administration is. I I couldn't sleep the other night. I tweaked my back a little bit at work. So I, I was getting up all night and I couldn't really every time I rolled over I got up. Then I happened to be listening to Joe Pags late Joe Pags late at night. Right. Okay. Good man. And he was talking about you remember the eighty seven thousand IRS agents? Of course. That they were supposed to hire, that I think's been put a kibosh on now, but I think so. But um, is that correct? Are that that, that is that correct. Now? The Republican Congress, the House, uh, they're not going to fund that. Well, the fact of the matter is, they tried it, and their their point was, we're going after the billionaires, not the middle class. We're going after the billionaires. And Joe Pag looked up. In this, uh, the country of the United States of America, there was like 720. My math may be off here. I apologize, Harry. But I didn't write it down, but I was listening to Joe Pags. Mm-hmm. And um, there was like 720-some-odd billionaires in the United States of America. I'm not talking about millionaires. I'm talking about billionaires. Yeah. And Biden said there's 87,000. IRS agents weren't to go after the middle class. They were going, supposed to go after the billionaires that are not paying their fair share. Okay? So, Tags did the math. 87,000 IRS agents, uh, you know, you got blood, 720-something into that. That would mean every billionaire in the United States would have dedicated to them 124 IRS agents. Yeah, we've talked about that long before what you're mentioning. Uh, it's a joke. 
And as usual, it's a lie because look what they're actually doing. They're going after service staff. They're going after their tips. Uh, This is one of the most dishonest, just amazingly duplicitous administrations we've ever seen. And what's going to remain to be seen, though, is the next time people get the chance to vote, though, Matt, will they vote? Like I know there's some lunatic in Atlantic City. They would vote for Marty Small, who was going to put trash in their front door by their by their porch uh, before they would vote for someone that would not do that to them. You know, this is the country we're living in right now. Well, yeah, I mean, what are you supposed to do? 124. What are they going to do? Sit by the guy's mailbox and wait for the mailman to come or a mail girl to come and, and open his mail and read it? What? Uh, well, what they're going to do is harass, smother. You know, make you settle with them, uh, litigate, you know, cause all kinds of grief in your life. I mean, this is the weaponization of our government by horrifically bad politicians who need to be sent packing at the earliest possible time. Uh, This Biden's a mess, Harry. I mean, I I just... He spent $500,000 to shoot down a $12 party kid's balloon. Yeah, that was a balloon club. They 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 do balloons and yeah. they, they they um they research like uh you know the weather and the wind patterns and stuff and they buy these balloons and they put the only thing that's on it is uh like like a meter to read the winds and the temperature and that's the only thing that's on it and they're yeah you know, yeah we covered it. It's a party style balloon owned by a party club, kids, one who's eleven years old. Right. They're like college kids, you know, and, what I mean? and younger. One of them is 11 years old. Yeah. And they just put these together and they track the weather and it has a transponder on it. They see where it goes, you know, and. And, <laughs> and by the way, one of the balloons they missed. So if you believe the missile is 400,000, some are saying 500,000. Let's round the, you know, go to the middle and say 450 times two, 900,000. It took 900,000 American taxpayer dollars to take down one of the objects. And that's why they're not. Biden said yesterday, we don't know yet what the objects are. Well, they know that one of them is a party balloon. They know that he just lies every single day. I'm not sure he knows he's lying, but he lied his whole life anyhow and cheated. So I got to give him credit that he's still doing it because otherwise he shouldn't be president. His doctor said that he is vigorous and fit. And I mean, oh, my gosh, we, we should all and don't don't even pay attention to that stiff gait because that hasn't gotten worse since 2012. They tell us we are being lied to on a daily basis in ways we've never seen before. And they like yesterday, this NBC guy tried to call him out, say, hey, is anything any of this had to do that you're compromised by China? And he said, hey, be polite. And and he got completely um, just paralyzed by it all. And then he just smiled like some kind of demented man and shuffled off the stage. Just this is what we've got. It's it's crazy. We'll be back. It's uh, time to go just for a few minutes. And when we return, you will join us next. And you'll be right after that. And we do have an open phone line, 609 Four zero seven fourteen fifty on the Hurley in the Morning program. 
This is the Town Square, New Jersey Info and Weather Network. 31 minutes past the hour. Harry Hurley with three stories you can follow on the WPG Talk Radio 95.5 app. Atlantic City Mayor Marty Small called Councilman George Tibbet, quote, a ghost at the council meeting of two nights ago. Uh, Read about it. We have two different Steve Wynn articles that are going strong. One of them on day five, uh, still very relevant and a companion piece uh, from yesterday. And Venice Park, you did it. You fought City Hall and you won. From the Town Square, New Jersey Info and Weather Network, I'm Chief Meteorologist Dan Zero. Good luck figuring out what to wear today. Warm rain followed by cold wind. Rain may be heavy at times with rumbles of thunder possible turning windy this afternoon as temperatures tumble from 62 late morning, 50 by sunset, 27 overnight tonight. Wind chill may end up in the teens. Sunny and dry to start the weekend tomorrow. High of only 45, 53 Sunday. Get weather 24-7 wherever you are. Download our free mobile app today. Research shows listeners prefer... Early in the morning. WPG Talk Radio 95.5 and on the WPG Talk Radio app. It's early in the morning, anytime, anywhere on the WPG Talk Radio app. Harry Hurley on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. I literally just had the opportunity yesterday, just got away from me. I wanted to follow Tiger Woods' return to the tour at the um, the Genesis Invitational. He hasn't played in what seems like forever Finished with three straight birdies, five birdies on the day, uh, three bogeys, if I remember correctly, two under for the round. So I think that puts him in like tie for 27th. Uh, Not bad. I mean, first is at seven under. So, I mean, he's in it. If he can if he can get it going, I mean, he's in it. Uh, It'll it'll be interesting to see, though, when you haven't played competitively, no no matter how much you practice. It's hard to put four consecutive good rounds together. Uh, but that, I would think, I didn't hear him interviewed. And I'm just catching up on this during the break. I said, oh, wait a minute. I didn't check to see how Tiger Woods did. Uh, yeah, finished strong. Three straight birdies. Two under for the round. Not a bad comeback. Welcome to Hurley in the Morning. You're on the air. No, Malice. Harry, Wolfpass can opening. Hurley. Did I get right? <laughs> Yes, I you believe do. I got it right. You I did. know I got it right with the citizens. I believe you go along with that. Oh, I do. You, you're, yeah. You know, I want to say um, you were speaking about this um, <clears throat> frontal lobe uh, cortex, you know, the, the mind and the things that affect it. Uh, you know, the people in war, especially over in Iraq and uh, places with alarms going off, it affects it. It's shaking up your mind. It even have you know, football players. But also technicians get it. It could be chemical that do these effects. It could be physical injury, you know, the carotid um, uh, vessel that supports your blood. You know, they're running along the skeleton of the uh, of the of the head. I th- I think in Bruce Wells's case, uh, Willie, and he has that front frontal uh temporal uh dementia it's both the frontal lobe and the temporal lobe. I think it's a, it's a matter of genetics with him. Yes, and I want to say one. By the way, at age 67, as, uh, you know, and I, I want to just report, that's pretty young. I just want to make that clear. 67 is not old. Uh, just a shame. That's a terrible way to go. 
there are other things that affect that besides the chemical and injury. It is uh, 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 one uh, sex, money, greed, uh, lack of moral, moral turpitude, and influence. These things. Now, what I did 30 years ago out of California, San Diego, uh, there were the stroke prevention. And uh, I got them here, Baltimore's apartment 30 years ago, Norwood, Willie Norwood. They did a, what they did is mapping of the mind. It checked the vessels. It checked everything. So these problems that I was having, the heart pumping strong. Uh, but the heart is more than a full valve pump. It's the vessels, you know, where you are having uh, uh, your blood vessels cleared, where you're having stents. And this is blocking uh, blood flow to various organs and not to mention, you know, the mind. And it causes like a temporary blackout when uh, these this blood is not circulating. Not only that, it will kill you. So the mind is very complicated. But to make it very simple here now, if we do good, positive things, we'll be all right. But if we don't come together, I mean, what I'm saying is not just a word coming together. Little things like you helped us out some in Baltic Plaza when it's moving. People dying, suffering, uh, they're missing water and heat and all their belongings. It's terrible. And I'm praying that if we have to start locally, looking at things and helping one another beyond Washington and uh, Democrat and Republican politics, the individuals, uh, citizens. Look how much trouble a bad person could cause. Yeah, let me let me jump in. And you got a bad person in there right now. Uh, and you don't have to agree with that at all. But I know what I know. Uh, you had Stanley Holmes Village, no heat, no hot water. Disgraceful. Uh, what what the mayor did to Dredgy Wood, disgusting, disgraceful. I think George Tibbet, and he's not backing away from the comment, uh, calling it black on black crime. A lot of the things uh, that are going on right now, you you probably agree with that, too. Uh, and what else? Um, you mentioned Baltic Plaza. Uh, they tried to put this this smelly trash in Venice Park. I mean, there's a lot of bad stuff going on right now, and it is exactly what you are saying it is it's it's local level type infliction here welcome to hurley in the morning you're on the air yeah i hear you on that but harry we had if you remember um up on shore road there was a section eight uh, facility and they put the veterans in there and i think the veterans lasted about two or three months and they they got the heck out of there you know i don't think our mayor has anything to do with that but um, it's, it's some great points, so, you know, but these, Harry, they keep voting the same people, and that's the government they're going to get. And, um, this is really, uh, but, but Andrea, but I hear you on that, but let's look at some examples, though. District one, two, and three, Republican, all three legislative seats. For quite a while, other than Chris Brown, it was always two Democrats, and it was Jim Whalen before Chris Brown. So, I, I, I and, and look at how many elections Republicans have been winning all over Atlantic County. Uh, I'm I'm optimistic about the fact that change is being made, and I believe more change will continue to be made. 
Well, gird your loins when filing your income taxes this year. Um, we've been together for 25 years um, in our home, and we've never had, had to pay. Uh, this year, we do. Um, I always laugh at those commercials for Optima Tax Relief with, like, Daryl Strawberry. you got a guy who hasn't paid his taxes in eight years. And here's what gets me, because they jimmy it down. Yeah, and they should make a pay the right amount. I mean, they take it out of our hides, just like when you were talking early about um, the Board of Utilities. The electric company is getting, uh, you know, they're getting an increase. Uh, and they went from, if you remember, they went on the bill, the little box with a heart. It says, donate $1. And then most people did. Like, what's a dollar? But who gave the Board of Utilities the right to charge me for societal benefit charge, which is based on the percentage of electric you use? It just didn't, like, I, I try to, you know, I talk to different people and say, like, you tell them that line, you know, you know how cold it is when a Democrat has his hands in his own pockets. But um, it, it just, it's just heartbreaking to write that check out and not have anything tangible for it. Yeah. Thank you, Harry. Thank you. Bye-bye. You're welcome. A lot of people are saying that. A lot of people that get the same deductions and uh, are, look, that you, you, you get the government you vote for. Joe Biden's America is about high prices, high taxes choking off energy relying on dirty energy from venezuela and elsewhere when we could be doing all of that right here extraordinarily high energy prices rationing this this wall street journal uh op-ed piece about a way you could save money is skip breakfast is disgusting to me this is a very bad time in American history. And you can almost set your watch on it that the president at, at that time will be a Democrat. Even their hero, FDR, you, you know, FDR would have never won all these uh, elections if, if he was around today. They had complete control of the game. Americans were in deep lines, soup lines, bread lines. Taking the wrappers of apples and things and that's your toilet paper and all kinds of stuff. One pair of shoes for years. Holes in them, you just taped over it, whatever you had to do. Cardboard inside, tape on the outside. And people went along with that for a while and kept reelecting. That wouldn't happen now. Jimmy Carter, terrible years. Biden, terrible years. You know, this is not it's not an accident, this stuff. The only thing that got us out of World War II was the, or got us out of the Great Depression was World War II. Terrible way to stimulate your economy. Let's see what this brings, though. We've got a very important election year right now. Those results incredibly meaningful at the local, county, and state level. The entire state legislature up for election. We'll talk to Mayor. And uh, current Republican Party Chairman Don Purdy of Atlanta County about that coming up in about 20 minutes. The inaugural Reagan dinner, Ronald Reagan dinner at Resorts Casino Hotel in Atlantic City is tonight. We'll tell you all about that on Monday. I know it's going to be great. And then, of course, we have the 2024 election. Couldn't be more important. The entire House. 35, I think it is, U.S. Senate seats. Two-thirds of those will have to be defended by Democrats. So Republicans will take the Senate. 
in two years. Not even. And of course, the next president. Mm. And then New Jersey will vote a new governor. And it is really important. I have nothing against Steve Fulop. I like him. I think I did one of the first interviews ever with him. I think he will be the Democrat nominee. We can't have a Democrat governor uh, after the 2025 election. We can't have it. We just can't have it. It's got to be and it's going to be Jack Cittarelli. And then you're going to see Atlantic City is going to get cleaned up. Palestina will be the senator. Cittarelli will be the governor. Uh, these games that are being played right now, this this horrific lack of, of normalcy and proper priorities, all, all of this is going to change. What I always say is you just have to – you can't lose the faith. I know it gets tough sometimes when you hear people telling you, hey, you can save money. Uh, skip breakfast. Come on. That's not – that's not serious. That's not, that's a terrible thing to say. No one should do that. But when we tell you that we have some of the most consequential elections of your lifetime, that's no joke. That's no exaggeration. That is just in-your-face truth being shared. In a way, it's one's more important than the other. It just keeps keeps getting the stakes keep getting high. But I'll tell you what, though, if the gains that have been made over the past couple of years continue at the local, county, and state level, that's huge. If Chitterelli can win, well, actually, before that would be the race for Congress and for uh, president. If that can go the right way, that will really set up. The off-year election for governor of New Jersey, where only governor, where only Virginia, the Commonwealth of Virginia and New Jersey have governor races. It's an off-off year, but it's a hugely important year. And that's what we do. We, we cover it all. Uh, we tell you the truth. The test of time has proven the things that we say are correct. And we get it wrong. We just say, oops, we, we sorry. That didn't go the way we said, you know, we'll correct it and. You know, tell you that we didn't get it right, but I told you illegals would be voting in America when people were calling me names. I said, you can call me names, but I'll see you in 10 years because I'll still be here and you'll still be wrong. You're just saying you're right because it hasn't happened yet. See, it's very easy to knock someone down that's telling you what's about to happen because you they can say, well, that's a lie. It hasn't happened yet. Well, I didn't say it happened. But I remember saying within the next 10 years, we will have illegals voting in this country because it's the Democrat agenda. Eric's going to join us next after the break. Don't go away. You're next and uh, we'll get to as many as we can. Hang in there on the phone lines on the Hurley in the Morning program. Life is hectic here in South Jersey, but one thing you don't have to worry about is missing the information you need while you're running around doing a zillion things. That's why WPG Talk Radio 95.5 brings you everything you need to know in six minutes at the top of every hour. National headlines from Fox News Radio, South Jersey News, and your local AccuWeather forecast all in six minutes. WPG Talk Radio 95.5. 
1-800-636-1065. Sean Hannity, this afternoon at 3. Now, early in the morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Guest listener Marie wrote me less than 20 minutes ago. Good morning, Harry. My first ever email to you, just an FYI. Joe Concha stated last night on Fox that it was an Obama-Biden order that was put in place in 2015 concerning the oil spill crisis, not Trump. Donald Trump wasn't even president in 2015, so there you go. I wrote Marie back. Hi, Marie. Like you, I'm aware of this. My comments this morning were only sharing the lame excuse given by Pete Buttigieg. Thank you for writing me. My very best regards, Harry. So, Marie, I wrote you back already, and thanks for checking in. I wasn't giving that any credence i was giving the lame excuse that pete Buttigieg gave eric how are you my friend good how you doing good hey what are, what are they do are they are they blaming trump for the train wreck uh well indirectly yes by saying that they can't do more because of trump uh actions that he took when he was president but biden canceled everything trump did every chance he got so that that was a lie there was no truth to it to begin with oh they make me sick everything's trump's fault please i know they're just trying to get him because he's because he's running well listen you're up seven and oh uh you bitch slapped me this year you're really <laughs> you did great on the pizzas it's a shame the birds lost though it is i know you know i was uh i was watching the game i heard you uh early in the week with uh your car complaining about the hold well tony dungy said the hold was uh was a good call i don't know i was i was watching it on video he did pull the guy's shirt that can for your momentum off for running after the ball what do you say about it i just think that at that time of the game you the, the officials have to be mindful that that call will decide the super bowl and you you can't make that call when it's incidental like that. Poorly thrown ball. Uh, there's no way that if the player had been by himself, he would not have been able to run and catch that ball. So if it's uncatchable uh, and the contact is so incidental, you don't call that. And there was some study done that this official had never called that ever like that. Uh, I just think it was a very bad call. Greg Olson agreed that it was a terrible call. He was actually rooting for the field goal to be missed, uh, basically, because the call was so bad. Uh, I love Tony Dungy. I think he's wrong. I'll tell you what, with the game, it was just watching the game for how late it's And I was talking to a buddy of mine who works for the city with the computers, and uh, he said that, you know, when they do a kickoff, it was a 10-minute break in between the, uh, for commercials. It's like, and they normally have a three-minute break on a normal game, and you're sitting there watching the game, it like took away a lot of. Uh, it took away my enthusiasm for the Super Bowl. And, like I was sitting there, I'm going, "Why am I, I'm watching commercials the whole time?" Read, you know? read the New York uh, Post article today. I didn't have chance to read it in the first two hours. If I get any time this morning, I will, uh, but I don't think I'm going to. Uh, the article is outstanding. It talks about all the things that were wrong, including the field. How about the field was slippery as hell? How do you do that? Yeah. Yeah, that was a mess. Uh, I mean, how, what was the field? Wet or something? What did they do? Wet the field down before I, the game? I don't think to so. I, I think it was a combination of the painted uh, logos that were all over the place and the field itself because they were slipping everywhere, not just where it was painted. But the painted areas like that big NFL logo, red, white, and blue, mostly white, uh, right. was crazy. They were slipping like, you know, 
I couldn't wait for the Eagles to get past that because you, you, you wind up, that's where you put the ball down in the center of the field. And for a good probably 15 yards or so, that logo was a factor. Uh, so I think yeah. the, field, the field was just wrong. Uh, I don't think it was wet. And even on a wet field, you can have the right cleats. Uh, the end of the hour is here, my friend. Take good care. Listen, yeah. I'm, yeah, you too. I don't know if you saw it. Trey Lance got traded to the Titans. Oh, how about that? And possibly Rex Ryan will be Sean Payton's defensive coordinator. So let's see if that comes true. We each gave each other one. WPGG Atlantic City, WENJHD3 Millville, a town square media station. Everything you need to know in six minutes starts now. Don Pert. From Harry Hurley Way in the world's playground to the broadcast pioneers of Philadelphia Hall of Fame. I want to congratulate my friend, Harry Hurley. You're about to find out why Harry Hurley has been named to the Talkers Magazine list of the 100 most important talk show hosts in the nation. Live from the studios of Town Square Media in Northfield, it's Hurley in the morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. We are back. It is six minutes past the hour. All right, so let me see if I can get this straight because it's a little confusing. I want to say that I want to ask Harry's brother, Don, to say hello to Don's brother's Harry. You get it, Chairman? You got it? I got it. I got it. I think you and I put that together one day on our own. I mean, we've known each other forever. And all of a sudden, one day, it was like the light bulb went off. Hey, you got a brother named Harry, and I got a brother named Don, and that's pretty coincidental i think and i don't believe in coincidences so i don't know what else to call it but uh give my regards to harry uh i obviously like his name a lot he's got a great name and i had a guy i got it i had a guy named don stealing my nutrients for nine months so you know i like i like the name uh don a lot as well ladies and gentlemen so that we don't talk cryptic and and we'll let you in on this it's don purdy atlanta county republican party chairman well the big night is here. Tell your listeners what's going to be happening tonight at the official and exclusive casino hotel for the Hurley in the Morning program, Resorts Casino Hotel in Atlantic City in the famed Ocean Ballroom. What's going to be happening, Chairman? Uh, again, Harry, uh, good morning to you and your listeners. Uh, before I get into that, I just want to add one more thing to the Harry and Don. So your brother, Don, which is my brother, Harry, both are photographers. That's true, too. And then the and, brother, you, Don, and me, were sort of involved in politics. Exactly. That's so pretty it's funny. A weird thing. Don usually helps us out all the time in taking pictures, but he had a previous engagement this evening. So my brother, Harry, which is like a professional photographer, is stepping in to do it. <laughs> this, is, this is great. We could keep doing this all day. It's it's like uh, Kennedy and Lincoln. There's all these crossover uh items except nobody got assassinated so mr chairman what's going to be happening tonight so um you know as i said uh earlier in one of your broadcasts the other day is um uh, nicola rotunda he's our um, executive director of the atlanta county gop um we were at his house for a, a christmas party and we started talking about a reagan dinner and nick's like i would really love to do a reagan dinner so we had talked about it and talked about it. Now, we do do, um, uh, as the Galloway Township Republican Organization, we do a Lincoln breakfast. And the Women's Federation, um, Republican Federation of Women, they do a Lincoln dinner. 
So he, he said, you know, let's do this and let's do it, believe it or not, during President's Weekend. And I said, okay, but that's not that far away. And uh, Nick took it upon himself. We, we did a lot together, but I'm not going to kid you. He did almost all of it. I did hardly anything. Um, and we put it together. So resorts, obviously, Harry, from your annual um, um, event that we do, you do at resorts, we love the atmosphere and, and how the layout was. And the resort staff does such a great job. So that's what we decided to do. And resorts worked very hand in handy with, with Nikki to get this set up. And uh, it, it came to fruition like very quickly. Uh, John Runyon's a friend, um, a former congressman, former NFL um, football player, works for the NFL now. I reached out to him. I'm like, you know, I want to bring something different into this instead of it's just us talking to each other. Um, and he graciously um, said, I'll be done the Super Bowl. And I will come down to the event. So next, what we did, obviously, was I reached out to you. And I said, well, Harry, you're very good at this. You put this on annually. Um, you have a huge crowd. And n nothing for nothing, you know all the players. And you graciously uh, helped us as well. So, of course, our congressman, which is a rock star in D.C., yep. I reached out to him. And everybody just said, yes, 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 yes. And we sold over 200 tickets so fast. Terrific. Um, and great. And it was all homegrown, Harry. Um, a lot of times you got to realize when people put these big events on, you know, there's there's people you hire to do this mm -hmm. because it's a lot of work. Yes. And, you know, Nick Lerton is building a house. He's having a baby. He works at the airport as a, a full-time fireman. You know, he also works another job in another municipality. He's a council president in Vapsikin. And he took the time and did it. Well, you know, uh, the Tom Hurley, my late great dad, had an expression. If you want something done right, you give it to a busy person because the other people don't have any time. Uh, a busy person will always be able to do one more thing and do it well. And Nick is a really good man. And I, I know before it even begins, 200 people in the Ocean Ballroom, that beautiful venue, uh, as the sun goes down and the beautiful lighting that's in there, uh, I see the stage when I close my eyes, uh, the jumbotrons, the whole deal. It's going to be an amazing who's who night, which I think is important because these elections that are coming up that I was talking about in the last hour, I was riffing at the very end of the last hour, sort of have some continuity to you, Chairman Purdy, insofar as these election cycles that start now. This with the entire New Jersey legislature and all the important local and county positions that are open. This is a very critical election year. And I know uh, you as chairman, I preach to the choir with that comment. Well, you know, Harry, this is my really my first year as a full scale um, uh, campaigning. I, I did get into it uh, last year. Um, and, you know, Keith had it already moving in the right direction. He did our convention, which is, is very difficult to put together as well as this event. Um, and, it, you know, so it was seamless. We did it. I took it over. And, you know, we had some races, but it wasn't a packed uh, ticket like this one is. This one here has a lot of moving parts to it. And, you know, like I tell everybody that's running right now, we're, we're taking this seriously. We're not taking nothing for granted. You can lose at any given time. Anything could happen. You have to stay on your toes and get out and meet the voters, meet the people. 
Um, don't go into a room and talk to the people that are already voting for you. Go make new relationships. Introduce yourself. Don't be afraid. that If you're a Republican, don't be afraid to talk to Democrats. If you're a Democrat, do not be afraid to talk to Republicans. And I think that is um, what makes Atlanta County so special is because the fact that, you know, you've seen Republicans vote for Democrats over the years, and you've seen Democrats vote for Republicans. I mean, let's I'll bring up an example. Jim Whalen had a great crossover uh, ability with certain Republicans that voted for Jim Whalen for many, many years, not just when he ran for mayor. Dennis Levinson. Dennis Levinson gets a disproportionate amount of Democrats and independent. And this is another important thing that you know all too well, Chairman, but I think it's worth a minute or two. In fact, we'll talk about it after the break. We're approaching 15 minutes past the hour, and Don Purdy is also a um, a fill-in talk show host, so he knows that we have to go to the breaks when we have to go to the breaks. But another thing, there are more Democrats than Republicans. How do we keep winning? Uh, and there are more independents than there are Republicans or Democrats. And I think if we actually analyze that, most of them trend a little bit left of center, if you had to say a majority. Many are also Republican-leaning. So to win as a Republican in Atlanta County, you need the support of some Democrats and those independent-leaning voters that lean Republican, but also you want to pick off as many as you can that that lean Democrat. And that's why people like Levinson have done and Van Drew. It didn't matter if Van Drew is a registered Democrat or a registered Republican. Uh, There are people that just have the ability. I think Palestina is clearly in in that league where and and I think especially uh, with with how much he has shown in his time as senator. Uh, People knew him and he was a multi-term member in the New Jersey General Assembly, but he stepped up big time in the role of this important uh, Senate seat, which I've always said is the most important in the state because you're the senator in the district that has the leading industry in the entire state. And Senator Palestina also has crossover appeal. But you you could not be more correct, Atlanta County Republican Party Chairman Don Purdy. You cannot preach to the choir. You've got to expand the base. And I, I believe that's what's happened in districts one, two, and three, where what was always Democrats is now locked up right now. But I say this, though, and see if you have a comment on this when we come back, Chairman. This is the election. It's the four-year Senate seat. It's proving that that Guardian and Swift weren't uh, one-note Johnnies and and Jane a flip, you know, uh, for just a minute. Uh, but that it is that it is real change, meaningful change, and change that will be sustained. And they're going to have the same duty uh, in one where I know Testa is going to take care of business. I have no worries there. Uh, and, and I I believe District Three. And then you've mentioned uh, several other districts that that. Republicans have a shot in. I was sorry to see it's a goofy thing. I don't even want to get into it that, that a Republican senator switched to become Democrat for all the wrong reasons. But everything else, that's just, I think, a one off has been really favorable for Republicans. But it's not by luck. And I don't even think it's cyclical. I think it's hard work and that our ideas are better than theirs. I think that's how you win. We'll be back with Mayor Don Purdy, longtime mayor of Galloway Township, the current Atlanta County Republican Party chairman. I am. Early in the morning, WPG Talk Radio 95.5 FM and 1450 AM.
Listen for the morning edition of the O'Reilly Update with Bill O'Reilly at 1015 this morning. Now, Harry Hurley on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. We are back visiting with Atlanta County Republican Party Chairman Don Purdy on the uh, just hours before the inaugural Ronald Reagan dinner at Resorts Casino Hotel. Literally a who's who Republican uh, evening uh, United States Congressman Jeff Andrew, former United States Congressman John Runyon, the former Philadelphia Eagle great, and as Mayor Purdy, Chairman Purdy said, the uh, current NFL executive uh, for the National Football League. Uh, we have New Jersey Senator Vince Palestina, and the, the, the list goes on and on. Uh, 200 great people that will all come together uh, in this a critical year. Comment on my little narrative there, my little monologue right before the break insofar as how important this year's elections are. And also, Chairman, how they set the stage for 2024 and the critical 2025 as well. Well, for for one, Harry, it's very important to note, which I know that you take value in, is that um, – you know, we did take that critical seat um, as Republicans uh, for Joe Girallo to be our county clerk. Yep. And it starts there. And I will tell you that Joe is a a great Republican, but he's also a a clerk that understands both sides of the aisle. So and I could tell my my Democrat friends to, to definitely um, feel safe that Joe Girallo is in there because he only does what's right. Even though he's a Republican, he does what's right. That office has had neglect for many, many, many years. And no matter if you're a Republican or a Democrat running, um, I will tell you the clerk's office is doing it in a nonpartisan uh, way. And you can take my word on that. So that being said, to know that the uh, clerk's office, because that's the foundation of our elections. I mean, that's where we start uh, between the superintendent and the board of elections. It all starts over there in May's Landing. So that's the important part to know that our, our government is stable uh, with the election cycle. Now, they are rolling out new machines. That's going to be something that's going to be training, not just for the, the workers, but also the voters. But that being said, on a political side, it's very important because we have a lot of things going on um, with uh, Atlantic City, Atlantic County, and with Vince Palestina being the senator and Jeff Andrew having the, the positions that he has in D.C., especially with transportation infrastructure, that is very key to New Jersey because of the relationships. Um, now, they always say they work on, on nonpartisan uh, relationships, doesn't matter, party aisles. But to have a senator that, you know, we have direct contact with that is in D.C., you know, one of the biggest things we need and we've talked about is infrastructure flooding in this area. Uh, that's very important. Roads and bridges in not just uh, Atlanta County, but the state of New Jersey. So that's important. So you got to remember, you know, the, the Van Drew ticket is up every two years, just like our assembly ticket. So Jeff Van Drew is campaigning nonstop. So that is important to have a senator with continuity to Washington. Very important. Our assembly which is important, is to have uh, a shared office with the senator. So this right here, whatever bills they're doing, there's no confusion of who is where, sharing information. Because sometimes it's introduced a little different in the Senate than it would be in the Assembly, and, and vice versa. So it's very good to have continuity. 
Um, even if they were Democrats on one one branch and Republicans on the other, they need to communicate. They need to communicate. And that's very important. When you get elected, you put your party aside and you do what's best and you do your job. Um, a lot of people have a hard time doing that because you can watch that in Washington. Um, it happens here in the state house. But for the good of the people, and if you are there for the people, you have to turn around and work together after November election is over. That's important. Well, Chairman, no, no question about that. And I do agree. I agree with all of it. But the point you made, it, and it sounds like just two Republicans that are saying, hey, it's great. It's all Republicans, two Republican assemblymen, uh, assembly members, uh, assemblywoman Swift and assemblyman uh, Guardian and Senator Palestina. But there is a lot to be said about that because we live through when you had Senator Brown and then you had, for example, Mazio and Armato. And it was it was a very disjointed representation. I mean, we typically it seemed as though we had the Democrats working against the best interests of Atlanta County, whether it was when Whalen and Mazio in particular, our motto, I don't remember him being as vociferous, but you had Whalen and and uh, Mazio actually supporting the North Jersey casino by telling us to, you know, to uh, get on our knees and beg for the best deal that we can, that there was it was it was a quote unquote inevitable and no way we could win. And that, that wound up being one of the great campaigns for Atlantic County, for New Jersey, South Jersey in particular, and obviously the Atlantic City area, because that would have been the closure of at least two casinos. And I, I think you're maybe going to agree with me on this point. I believe that was Senator Brown's best moment uh his leadership on that mcdevitt was also great mark giantonio morris bailey uh a lot of people uh, i don't want to leave anybody out the 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 um the groups that formed in favor of it and i see this nice young man in my i close my eyes i see him i'm just drawing a blank on his name but he was terrific uh and south jersey beat behemoth north jersey uh in something that has been, I think it can get forgotten, Chairman Purdy, how many jobs that would have cost. I believe that would have caused casinos in the Meadowlands and in other parts of North Jersey, that would have put Atlanta County back in a depression. Well, you're absolutely right there, Harry. And, you know, when Senator Brown was there, um, not just fighting that, but he was also walking the streets with the members from the casino, if you remember that. And the the casino members, uh, the labor unions, these guys saw that and knew that that was somebody that they wanted on their side. And, that you know, if you look at the the similar characteristics of Senator Palestina to Senator Brown, Senator Palestina, uh, just like Senator Brown, would he's done it, is going to, to... trenton and told trenton what his ideas are and he has told them he disagrees with them he's voted against them and that's the point being where he works for Atlanta county and he realizes that he knows that he breathes it every day so for some people say he went against our party well maybe our party wasn't doing what it needed to do for Atlanta county and and you have to support your base and, 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 and Senator Palestina understands that as just like Senator Brown did. Senator Brown worked for the people and that's what gave him the results that he had gotten in the past with the election cycle. And the other important thing, Harry, 
that you have to look at with politicians. And sometimes it can, it can be a double-edged sword, but I look at it as, see, sometimes I really would like the person to be in office that doesn't need to be there. Exactly. They can spend their political time on vacations, relaxing, doing a hobby. Politics take up a lot of your time. And you know one thing you can't buy back in your life is time. Yep. And, you know, one of the things when I was the mayor and I would go to these meetings constantly, nonstop, and missing softball games, soccer games, lacrosse games, baseball games, birthday parties, because when you give somebody your commitment that you're going to work for them, if you take it seriously and you're there for the right reasons, that commitment holds ground. It really does. And, and I'll give you for an example. Vince Palestina was going away this weekend. And I said to him, no, you're not. <laughs> I need you here. We're going to, we, I want to give you this award. This award is all about what you have been doing in Atlanta County, which is a lot of statements from Ronald Reagan, how he operated, is what you're doing right now in Atlanta County. And if I have to call Carolyn, because you know Carolyn's the boss, you know that, Harry. Oh, she's great. If I have to call Carolyn and ask her for you to be here, I'm going to do it. You would have you so, called for the veto, um, the veto pen. Yes, absolutely. So my point being is it's sometimes very important to have somebody doing the job, as you would say, uh, um, that's very well educated. And, and, and not, I'm not talking about school education, Harry, because I have none of that. Okay, let's put that on the record. I have none of it. But to have street smarts, have education of what the people want in office, than to have somebody that wants the title to walk around saying that I'm the mayor, I'm the assemblyman, I'm the senator, I'm the congressman, me, 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 me. If that's the case, they shouldn't be in office. Yeah, we're going to go to the halftime break, but I love what you just said. That was such an important narrative. It doesn't get said enough. Some people may maybe heard something like that for the first time, but I'm buying all of it. I, that's why I was so excited when Senator Palestina was um, willing to step forward again and run for the seat. Because he didn't need it. He didn't need that at all. Tremendously successful uh, family from Central Casting. Amazing wife. Beautiful kids. Uh, I see them at the golf tournament. They're, they're some of the most professional young people. They're children that I've ever seen. Incredibly smart and polite and decent. I mean, they, they didn't need any of this. Uh, so, Palestina got back into it because... He wanted to provide the leadership that was required to make a difference and get things done for the district. My goodness, is that is that um, like finding a unicorn or something? Because we see all the examples, people that have a business and they want to leverage it and make have more business and they do it to make money. Uh, and I mean, it's just the opposite with the people that do it for the right reason. It usually costs them. Because they can't do certain things that they would for various reasons, conflicts, and also because of the time you put in. Uh, and that's the ones I want, too. The reluctant type. Like President Trump. He didn't need that. This guy, every Hollywood A-lister loved him. The Democrat media loved him. And here he goes and runs as a Republican. And they hate him in five minutes. And have crushed him ever since. Because he wanted to make a difference. When I worked for him, I said to him, will you ever run for president? He said, if 
there is the right time, and I believe that I have to offer what would be needed to fix the country. He said, yes, I I will do it. And he knew then it's always at great personal expense because they're going to come after you, and they do. So, yeah, I give Palestine all the credit in the world because he didn't need that. He needed that like a like a like a third. I don't know what third eye, third ear. Uh, Absolutely. Just tremendous comment that you made, Chairman. We'll be back with Atlanta County Republican Party Chairman Don Purdy. It is the Hurley in the Morning program on South Jersey's number one news talk radio station. WPG Talk Radio 95.5. This is the Town Square, New Jersey Info and Weather Network. 33 minutes past the hour. Harry Hurley, three stories you can follow right now on our app. Atlantic City Mayor Marty Small has called a white councilman in Atlantic City, George Tibbet, a ghost in public at the meeting. He's going to have to explain that. People think they know what it means. We have two Steve Wynn articles that are going very, very strong, thanks to you. Hope you'll keep reading that. And if you haven't read it, because uh, we keep updating it. But if you haven't read it, please check it out. And Atlantic City's Venice Park residents, you defeated your mayor. You stopped an unwanted project. From the Town Square, New Jersey Info and Weather Network, I'm Chief Meteorologist Dan Zarrow. Wet, then windy, warm, then cold, a wild day of transition ahead. Rain moves in this morning through early afternoon, heavy at times with rumbles of thunder possible, then turning blustery, windy and colder this afternoon. Temperatures tumble from the 60s to around 50 by sunset, 27 tonight. With a stiff breeze, wind chill may be in the teens, sunny and 45 tomorrow. Get weather 24-7 wherever you are. Download our free mobile app today. Ready to make the home in early in the morning. WPG Talk Radio 95.5 and on the WPG Talk Radio app. From the world's playground, this is Hurley in the Morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. It's 39 minutes past the hour. Atlanta County Republican Party Don Chairman on the Hurley in the Morning program. This isn't that early, but in a way, because nobody really is focusing yet on the election season, except for people that either want to run or involved and things like that. So, I mean, it's go time. But for a lot of people, they're not paying that close of attention to it. Going into this, if we were doing this like preseason too early, you know, when they come out with these polls of who should be, you know, Eagles are second in the poll for for next year, supposed to be in the Super Bowl again in the quote unquote too early, you know, polls that come out. But this isn't that early, but it's a little bit early. Uh, how do you believe, Chairman Purdy, Republican candidates right now, as you know them, stand as candidates either for re-election in many cases or election? Your thoughts about that? Well, Harry, again, I tell I tell all the candidates, run, 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 10 points behind, run. Um, but, you know, the, the main thing that I am trying to do, and it's pretty easy to do with the group of people we have, is um, relationships between them have to be strong. And and one of the reasons being is uh, campaigning is very difficult. It's, it takes a lot of time um, because, you know, a lot of it happens over the warmer weather in the summer going into, you know, actually the end of August and September is really go-go time. But you can't be everywhere. So what you need to have is a team that represents you when you're not there uh, as well. Vice versa. When somebody else is not there, you have to represent them. And, you know, 
some people just like to sell themselves. Um, the team I try to put across to people as a team effort is we need to sell the team. And, you know, Vince Palestina was very strong with that when it was be, you know, him, Claire and Don or Claire and Don and Vince, they all had that unique, um, team network. And, and I think that's very strong because, uh, a lot of times, like think when Vince Palestina was the assemblyman, it was Vince and John, John and Vince, Vince yep. and John, John yep. and Vince. They, they were, they were a duo. Okay. And I believe even with our commissioners with John Risley going forth and so forth and Andrew Parker, they need to talk about themselves as a team. And the, the legislator has to talk about the commissioners as team, bring the county executive into it, which obviously, uh, you know, has awesome name recognition. But that also helps somebody that doesn't have the name recognition. And the people that know that they trust Dennis Levinson for all these years are going to trust, um, you know, Mrs. Jones running for a office. And, and that's the kind of camaraderie we need. And we have, by the way, we do have that. And um, the other team doesn't have that. And, and I want to I piggyback off that, Chairman, because it's not fair. But as you know, life's not fair. And certainly politics isn't fair. Right. For some reason, more is expected of Republicans to be more transparent. Remember how, I mean, the other side was not transparent at all. Terrible, terrible representation. But it didn't matter. Even when they were against, you know, they were for North Jersey casinos. It was almost like it didn't matter. I mean, it was crazy stuff. But more is expected of Republicans. It's not fair, but I do believe it is the way that it is. For example, the other side, you don't hear anything. Like they announced that night that here's our slate because they're asking people to the last second to try to fill in spots so that they don't have uh, spots with, with no one running. It's a whole different process completely different that's not a slam on Suleiman who I like uh it, it he'd have to agree with that it's not the same for example you have there is an open seat for county commissioner at large explain what the republican process is when you have an opening like that okay so what happens is um again there is a seat that's held by a democratic woman right now and um, she is up for election. So obviously the Republicans will run somebody um, uh, for that seat. So we have, I will tell you, we had a lot of males that wanted it, but we also had some females that wanted it. And, you know, when they call me and ask me my advice, I don't tell them not to run. I just tell them what I'd like to see. Again, some of the things that I'd like to see is transparency through the county with 23 municipalities and there's nine seats on the board. I would like spread out the the elected offices so a lot of towns have representation and i think that's very important because um people lean to leadership they lean to leadership they look for leadership um no matter what it is if you're in if you if you're in football you lean towards the quarterback right if you're in baseball you lean towards the pitcher okay so when you're in politics Somebody's looking for somebody that's grabbing the reins, and they they latch to it. So if you have a town that might have a lot of Republicans in it, in my base, they might have a lot of Republicans, but they don't necessarily come out and vote a lot. You have to energize that. You have to give them something. Give them a job. Give them a task, like you said earlier in the, in the, in the uh, program. Give somebody a task to get it done. People will do that. So... To me, when they say I would like to run, I look, I mean, I'm very new at this, Harry. I look at the map 
and I look at what I think would be good representation to either the commissioner board or the legislator or, or you know, even a, even a town council. And that's how I perceive myself to be. I'm not going to tell somebody they can't run, but you're asking me my opinion. Yeah. I'm going to tell you I believe I think the best vision for our party is. If you do not like it, then vote me out in three years. I mean, I'm here to try to do the best build I can do. Um, and I do listen to everybody. But, you know, one thing I do is give my opinion, and that's probably a downfall to me. But I do. It, well, no, I don't think it is a downfall. And I think that the tent gets bigger when you involve more people. I mean, for example, and look, Margie and I, we were very blessed. We could have chosen anywhere. We decided we were going to leave Ventnor about 30 years ago, and we picked Egg Harbor Township. We looked at Linwood. We looked at Northfield. We had previously a long, long time ago owned in Summers Point. I'm a huge fan of Summers Point as well, so nothing against anybody else's community, but we purposely, we decided on Egg Harbor Township. And obviously, Egg Harbor Township has gotten very, very big, uh, and has a lot of sway at conventions in terms of the number of delegates. So it becomes really determinative in many cases. But it is, I think it is incumbent upon the chairman to look at things such as balance uh, and and opening up the, and making, as I called it, the tent bigger. Because when it, then it's GOTV, get the vote out, get out the vote, uh, you you wind up, you have a bigger a bigger party. I, I'm 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 in agreement of that. It, it can't be just one uh, anything deciding uh, when you have 23 municipalities. 46 minutes past the hour. One final segment straight ahead with Atlanta County Republican Party Chairman Don Purdy. And tonight and we'll report on it Monday morning. Uh, I already have in my mind. I know the people that are going. It, it, it's going to be such a positive High energy, beautiful night. I know it. There's certain things you know in advance. If you know the people who are involved, bunch of winners, really good people, hardworking people uh, in a great ballroom. I mean, it's it's going to be magnificent. It will be fun. Uh, it will be illuminating. Really looking forward to it. Back with Chairman Purdy after this. Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins. Try anything to raise the cost of Precision Jobs, I will veto it. <laughs> Precision Jobs is the new fiddlesticks. <laughs> Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins. Weekday afternoons at 1 on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. WPG Talk Radio 95.5 FM and 1450 AM, South Jersey's number one talk station. I love it when he says that. It's true because of you. It's flown by. It always does. 53 minutes past the hour. Harry Hurley in the morning with Atlanta County Republican Party Chairman Don Purdy. These are the kinds of questions. I, first of all, everybody knows me after 31 years, what I, what I love to do. I love long form interviews where people have an opportunity to actually engage, speak about important things and issues and so on. And I saved this for last because I think it will give, I know it will give Chairman Purdy the opportunity to reflect. Uh, in the time now that you have been the Atlanta County Republican Party chairman, what have you learned? I learned that when I was the mayor, I thought it was difficult to herd cats. <laughs> As the chairman, um, listen, the, one of the 
the easiest things about being the chairman was I already had all the great relationships. So um, that was that was first off. So that was one of the easiest things there was. Um, the the hardest thing I think has been, you know, one of the things that I never knew that that uh, Keith Davis did as the chairman. Um, and he's probably laughing right now, is dealing with the Board of Elections. <laughs> so you actually have a hands-on over there, and it's, um, it's, that's, a, uh, that's a difficult situation over there to talk about herding cats. But um, it, it is – I did a lot of this work um, on another level. So, so I, I kind of – did a lot of uh, friendship and 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 I don't want to use the word mentoring because a lot of these people are a lot smarter than me. So it's not mentoring, but it's I believe it is um, to give somebody an ear so they can have a soundboard. If that makes any sense to you, mm-hmm. um, I've been through it quite a bit politically. I was in office when this whole area was totally broke and almost bankrupt. Um, I built um, government back up, me and Mayor Coppola, um, my right arm in Galloway Township. Galloway's debt-free in 23, which is unheard of. Uh, We've done a great job. But using some of my experiences as mayor helped me, I believe, excuse me, move stronger as a chairman because it's almost like when somebody jumps from, say, say for example, like, like, uh, to a senator from not being in any office before, you need to know what it's like to be able to go into the Wawa and then tap you on the shoulder and say, hey, listen, this, this, this local politics, it all starts locally. And I have that and I've grasped it. And I, I've, I've had to put out fires over the years. I've started fires over the years. <laughs> um, I've made mistakes. I've fixed my mistakes. Um, Chairman, how challenging is it 23 municipalities and I heard you loud and clear, and it's a, it's it's a great description. The the um, the metaphor of herding cats. Twenty three municipalities, all that are, believe and they are relevant, want a place at the table, want to be involved, want to make sure that they get represented too, and all of this. How challenging is it keeping twenty three municipalities happy? Well, it's very difficult when you control almost all of them. Yeah. Um, the Republican control of the, the Republican Party of Atlanta County controls almost all the municipalities. They're, they're probably 80 percent. So it, it, it is demanding. And, and, and that's so forth. It's, it's righteous because the people that are in office need to be supported. They need to be supported. They need the tools. They need the information. And they need the backing of the chairman. They need the chairman to see it, help them. And if I can't help them and have the information, I need to know where to get it. I need to be able to uh, pick up the phone and call other chairmen that are more knowledgeable than me. Um, I mean, Mike Donahue, I bounce everything off Mike Donahue. He's been a great crutch to me. Um, and that is one of the things that I always say, it's not a smart, smart person that knows everything. It's a smart person that knows where to get the information from. And I think that that's important in this job to know where to get the information from. It's not pixie dust. You're not just making this stuff up and it's coming out like magic. You need to be able to make it stick because people are holding you accountable for what you're saying and doing. It's a good answer. A really good answer. Because even though anything you're doing for the first time, even though you have and you do have great experience coming in 
and you saw it from not afar. You saw it from close up, and you you came in, I believe, with the unique skill sets to be able to get off the ground running, and you did, and instant results and a lot of great momentum, obviously, and he's worth talking about for the final two minutes that we have. I think a lot of it starts and ends with Senator Palestina. His leadership has been incredible. Well, the, the good thing is that I say when I talk to either mayors, uh, which I deal with a lot of mayors as being the chairman, um, not just commissioners and, and legislators, but mayors, uh, councilmen, I can tell you firsthand, I know what you're feeling. I know what you're doing. I've been there. I've done it. Don't make the mistakes that I have. Well, that's the same thing with, with the Senator Palestina. And I've made this comment before, and I made it on your show, that sometimes Vince can start a sentence and I can finish it. And I can start a sentence and he can finish it. We know what each other is thinking. We have always been on the same page. We, 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 we are like a perfect two-man band. And that's what's very important with this, the, 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 the chairman and the, any, anybody, but the senator in our point, is, has to be on the same page. And uh, he's a sounding board for me, and I'm a sounding board for him that the general public doesn't even know about. They don't hear about it. Um, you know, we talk probably 10, 15 times a day. <laughs> and, and and that's no joke. You can ask my wife that. She calls Vince my wife. Yeah, I did. I chuckled because it is true. Chairman, we're at the end of this hour. Uh, what I want to say is uh, congratulations on the results so far. I know you know the job isn't finished. This year is incredibly important with all 40 seats in the Senate, all 80 seats in the assembly, multiple seats on the board of the chosen commissioners and local seats and all of this to preserve the gains that have been made and and to be strong going forward this year is so critically important. And I'm looking forward to being with you and everyone that's coming out tonight at Resorts Casino Hotel in Atlantic City. Thanks for a nice hour, Chairman. Thank you very much, Harry. We'll see you soon tonight. Thank you. Look forward to it. Atlantic City, WENJ HD3, Millville, a Town Square media station. Everything you need to know in six minutes starts now. We've got enough five. From Harry Hurley Way in the world's playground to the broadcast pioneers of Philadelphia Hall of Fame. I want to congratulate my friend, Harry Hurley. You're about to find out why Harry Hurley has been named to the Talkers Magazine list of the 100 most important talk show hosts in the nation. Live from the studios of Town Square Media in Northfield, it's Hurley in the morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. It is six minutes past the hour. What we do once a week, and I think we're pretty faithful at hitting it i can't say a hundred percent of the time but more than nine and a half probably out of every 10 times we do one hour of what i call an official hurley in the morning mental health break we and it i think it's important i mean obviously people are dealing with many things right now high inflation everything costs more than it ever has uh we could go on and on about everything you know being told to skip breakfast that's how you can save money don't eat uh i mean we could say we won't eat again then we'll save a lot of money on food, you know, for two weeks. Make sure you drink water, though, or you'll be gone sooner. You can live longer without food than you can without water. But let's not even have that conversation because the people saying that kind of stuff, they should be ashamed of themselves. So we have to turn that stuff off. It's too much. So what we do is typically we visit with Don. We talk about music. We talk about memories. We talk about positive things that have happened in the Atlantic City area in the past 
and sometimes outside of the area and things that might be happening around the corner, whether it was the uh, Summers Point concert series and the wonderful times that we had on the beach uh, with Eddie and the Cruisers, uh, Beaver Brown Band and everything. Well, this half hour is, is going to even be more fun because we have Atlantic City Entertainment Royalty in Warren Bader, a very good friend. So we bring Don and Warren to the program. Now, Don, you're here the whole hour, and I know that Warren has to go at halftime. So we're going to get him in as much as we can since you and I will have the whole second half of the show. Don, let's get an opening comment from you. Well, thanks again, Harry. Always great to be with you and, and your great audience. I love these these times we spend together. And entertainment, you just said it, Harry. That was on my mind. I was talking with Warren earlier. Entertainment's never been more important than in times like these. You think about it, you know, it, it, it it's the thing that lifts people up. It brings people together. And, you know, and we have one of the best in the business, Harry, one of the longest standing people in casino entertainment development and all that in, in Warren Bader, Harry. And so what I thought was, let's talk with Warren while we have him. Talk about some of the great shows, because he's seen it all, Harry, for decades in yep. Atlantic City. And, you know. and worked with them all. I'm, I'm in with that. I like it. I think it's great. I want to say one quick thing as a preamble to Warren's opening comment, Don, and, and, and it is this. What Don said is absolutely true. When America is facing tough times whether it was World War II and you had all the different entertainers, you had all the movies that were made. Some would call them propaganda, not me, but you had the positive reinforcement of the war effort. If you went to a movie theater, there were movie shorts that would have what's going on with the war effort and America's involvement and so on and so forth. You had the entertainers through all the wartime. Bob Hope comes to my mind and all the people that would go in theater even, and and entertain and perform for the troops uh, and all of that. Uh, and that, that transfers also to tough economic times where entertainment is important. Right around World War II, uh, the commissioner of baseball said that the games will go on. Some of the greats, like Ted Williams and others, actually lost like five years uh, and didn't get to play. They had to play when they came back from the war, if they came back from the war. But the, the baseball commissioner felt that America's pastime had to continue. We got hit by the terrorist enemy at September 11, 2001. That amazing game with President Bush on the mound, whether you're Republican, Democrat, or Independent, is of no concern to me. Uh, he was our president, and he stood on uh, the pitcher's mound because Derek Jeter said, Mr. President, you got to go to the rubber. you got to go to the mound. They're going to boo you. You're in Yankee Stadium. So he went to the rubber and zinged with movement, uh, a beautiful fastball. We find out later wearing an impossible flak jacket. And that moment brought America together and police officers on the field and so on. So music and entertainment, Warren, are an enormous part, no matter what type of difficulty is going on. That's my preamble. Take it away from there. Uh Good morning, everybody, uh, and, and hi, uh, Harry. I totally agree with you. Uh, entertainment is the component in Atlantic City, in my opinion. You have everybody coming down, spending their hard-earned money in every property. They're gambling, or and they want to go to dinner. And what's the next thing they want to do? They're, they're either going to tell their host, or they're going to check around and see what's out there. They want to go see a show. Yep. Or they or they want to sit in the lounges. Or see a real good band. And it's just a shame when I walk around and I see 
a lot of places don't have headline or entertainment. I see some places that do have headline or entertainment, and those people can go out and see a show, a great show. And and um, and by the way, as you know, in the early years, I don't remember how many years it continued, but it was during my entire first decade of I was with you know the, the maybe one of the second or so casinos to open uh, after resorts and entertainment by the Casino Control Act. Live entertainment was required, as you know. Exactly, exactly. When I first came to Atlantic City in the early eighties. There was nobody open, and then resorts opened up, and resorts was the pinnacle. It was the place. Sinatra, Wayne Newton, everybody, Tom Jones, and they had entertainment running five to six days a week. Oh, yeah, Diana Ross, uh, Neil Diamond. We could go on and on. It was everybody. On and on, on and on, and and it was just, you want the best of the best? We had the best of the best, and everybody flocked. in the Atlantic City is the perfect demographic. We're in the tri-state area. New York's not too far. Philly's not too far. Baltimore's not too far. And we were the place to be. And when Sinatra's going to be at resorts at the Superstar Theater, in, one of, in my opinion, one of the best theaters that's still out there, uh, there's so much history on that stage. Everybody flocked to to Atlantic City, and it was the place to be. I loved it. It's true. That's why it was so important. Uh, and I worked for him at the time when Mr. Wynn got Sinatra from resorts. I mean, and he became such a huge part. And I was with him when he said the Opera House was the greatest saloon he ever played in because it was a very, as you know, it was a very intimate room. It fit about 500 people. So that, you know, that was crazy when you were trying to put as many people that would want to go in there. Uh, a hotel that only had a little more than 500 rooms, barely qualified to be a casino hotel. So we, we were at the minimums, but doing such high quality stuff. And uh, entertainment is everything that you just said it is, Warren. All the customers that I was regularly exposed to, it was such an important part of their visit with us. Like you said, the gambling and then the great meal. And then what are we doing tonight? What show are we going to go to tonight? And when you could go see Tom Dreesen open it up and Sinatra bring the house down, I mean, you were in heaven. Absolutely. You you have it on the head there. I mean, I first came to Atlantic City, and I always thought of the Beatles were one of my favorite bands. And then I, I, I remember coming down in the 80s, and I went, oh, wait a second, the Beatles played a boardwalk hall. So I remember walking on the boardwalk once. I was I was performing at Bally's, and the band I was with, we were staying there. Bally's isn't a far walk from Boardwalk Hall. I'm walking past Boardwalk Hall. I went in Boardwalk Hall just to look around, and, and I'm look and I see the stage, the exact wooden stage that's still there today, was there. And I said to myself, "Oh my God, that's where the Beatles were." Correct. I'm just blown away. Like this is incredible. And then I see the picture of you and Paul McCartney uh, <laughs> that you, you had the pleasure of being backstage with. And I'm, je- and I'm jealous, incidentally. Warren, um, Warren, that was from an entertainment standpoint. That's my Mount Rushmore, my favorite individual. Like, I love the Beatles, but I really love the Beatles the most because of Paul McCartney. I respect everything. Lennon McCartney songbook and George Harrison is the underrated Beatle. My daughter, Kristen who I can't believe will be 40 years old in just, oh, my God, in five days. I can't believe it. How did this happen? Uh, life is going so fast. And then, of course, Ringo. But Paul McCartney, 
having the opportunity, and I hope he's listening, Mayor Langford made it possible. He was allowed to bring one person, exactly one person and one person only. We were already going to the concert. Thank you, Don. Uh, Don got me my ticket. Uh, and uh, Mayor Langford calls, says, what are you doing? I said, well, you know what I'm doing. I said, you know, in a little bit, I'm going to I'm going to be at Paul McCartney. He goes, I know you are. He said, but I want you to join me right now because we're going backstage, you and me. I said, get out of here. He goes, get over here. And we went in and Warren, it was me, Mayor Langford and a photographer, Paul McCartney's photographer and Paul McCartney, Sir Paul McCartney for 40 minutes uninterrupted in his dressing room. And I, I still to this day, the only thing I regret, I wish the whole 40 minutes was recorded because the conversation we had was beyond belief, beyond belief. I'll never forget it. Thank you for mentioning that one. Oh, no problem. And if you don't mind me, I have a quick Ringo story for you. How about right after the really break? Good. Right after the break. And Warren's going to join us for one more segment. Don will be here for the full hour. And this is a Hero in the Morning, what we call special mental health break. All hot talk is off the table. All politics is off the table. All the negative news of the day uh, in, in the hopper until until either my next digital filing or until Monday's program. Uh, it's it's important that we do this. And I love it every time that we do. Warren Bader, Don Hurley and me. I am Hurley in the morning. WPG Talk Radio 95.5 FM and 1450 AM. When you need to know it's WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Which, because of you, is South Jersey's number one news talk radio station. You went and did that. We thank you. You've done it again and again and again. And I, I try to do my part to thank you every morning for that. Because we will, we do not and we will not ever take that for granted. Don Hurley, Warren Bader. Warren's got until the bottom of the hour break, so let's make it count. Uh, if you're just joining the program, it's a mental health break hour. We're talking entertainment with one of the greats in Atlantic City entertainment history for decades, Warren Bader, who also is just a good man on top of all these uh, wonderful skill sets that he has in the inter- entertainment industry. He's worked with them all. You know, the, just the list would be impossible to uh to run through it'd be time to say goodbye and we wouldn't have completed the list warren nice to have you we just read a hundred names uh so his resume is incredible uh and uh he's just one of my absolute favorites in entertainment tom cantone warren bader uh and i've worked with a lot of the really good ones um in my career both in the industry and uh in the in the local media warren you were going to share a story about the uh, the drummer, the Beatle, he's still at it. Ringo Starr, who I think is another one that's a little bit underappreciated. Uh, time is yours, Warren. Harry, well, as you know, I'm jealous about your Paul McCartney meet and greet. But so uh, I'm over at uh, Caesars, my other property that I'm not with anymore. Uh, and uh, uh, Ringo Starr, we have him confirmed, and I'm just excited. Now, I've met a ton of headliners nobody makes me nervous nobody makes me nervous right here's ringo star he's confirmed i i'm on the phone with wayne lebeau his tour manager who's currently his tour manager and he's also with uh springsteen right now so um so ringo flies into the fbo at atlantic city airport i i sent an suv for him 
and they're coming to the old loading dock. He didn't want to come into the front and get bombarded with autographs and stuff like that. So here he comes, and I'm actually I'm actually shaking inside. Hmm. Nobody, no, nobody will make me nervous. But here is the greatest drummer, in my opinion, from the greatest band, in my opinion, in the whole world. And there he is. It's Ringo Wayne, and yours truly. Wow. And a secure and a security officer. So here we go. So we take him in the private elevator, and I'm looking at him, and I'm just just blown away. I'm going, oh my god, I'm three feet away from the greatest drummer in the world. So I take him into his suite. So in the suite, it's just myself, Ringo, and the tour manager. That's it, right? And he, we got his bags in. He sits on the couch, and Wayne. And then Wayne asks me a question. He goes, Warren. Can I try to fix Ringo's iPad? I said, you want me to fix his iPad? I don't even know how to fix my iPad, let alone. <laughs> That's fantastic. So, so, here I'm, so I sit on the couch in, in a beautiful suite on the 88th floor at Caesars. And Ringo's 10 feet away from me. He hands me the iPad, and here I go. And I'm saying to myself, man, don't screw this up. I hope I don't lock it up. I hope I don't mess it up. And I'm playing with the numbers, and I'm trying to figure it out. And and, and I guess I kind of figured it out. I said, Ringo, what are you looking for? Now, the tour manager's calling him Richard because that's his real name. But, you know, I'm not entitled to call him Richard. I'm calling him Ringo. So I said, what are you looking for? And he says in his British accent, Warren, I'm looking, I'm, I'm looking for the National Examiner. And I guess the National Examiner is the equivalent to the New York Post if you're from London. So I guess he wants to get his news up. He wants to read the latest and greatest of what's happening in London or, or, or overseas. So I'm playing with it. I'm playing with it. And I think I got it. I handed it to Wayne, who handed it to Ringo. He says, I think you got it. And I said, oh, my God, thank you so much. So I said, are you all set? Is everything good? You'll, 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 you're all set? He goes, I'll see you tomorrow at Soundcheck. And that was it. Wow. And, and I'm going, oh, my God. So I, so I left totally shaking. I remember going home telling my wife, Julie, I said, I told her the same story. And, and it's just incredible. It's like nobody nobody shakes my boots. But when Ringo pulls up, I'm shaking in my boots. <laughs> I mean. Ta I hey, Warren, take a minute and talk about Ringo actually as a drummer. Because sometimes you're so famous that he's the drummer for the Beatles but that doesn't necessarily mean you're the best drummer in the world. That means you're the bet you're the drummer of the best band in the world in the history of music of in the history of the world. But he is and was a great drummer, wasn't he? Isn't he? He, he I have to tell you, here's the secret as a drummer. Now I'm not the quickest drummer. I'm not the flashiest drummer. Sometimes simple is the best drummer. And 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 being simplistic he was not the fastest drummer. He doesn't play with two bass drums or nothing like that. But he had such inventive licks in his tunes. I mean, I have to tell you, I stole some of his licks in, in, in the bands that I was playing with. I mean, that's so much of an impact he had on me. How, how does how does Ring? I was going to say, how's Warren Bader? Because I know you do drum. How does Warren Bader compare to Pete Best? How does Ringo and Pete Best compare as drummers? I've heard Pete Best play in Atlantic City. He, he was appearing. I'm not sure if he was at Ocean City. I can't remember. But, I mean, to me, Pete Best is a simple, a simple drummer also. Mm -hmm. And I think 
Ringo is, is a simple drummer. And, you know, if you see the all-star band now, for instance, for example, Ringo plays very simple. Now, there's another drummer playing with Ringo in the all-star band. But uh, uh, at the same time, but it's just, you know, sometimes, in my opinion, simple is better. Dom, and, before we lose Warren at the halftime break, let me give you a chance to interview him and have some interchange. Well, yeah, and, and Warren's so right. Ringo is such a nice guy, Harry. I'll tell you a funny story real quick. We we worked a detail with him. This is a long time ago. In fact, this is before Warren was even at Caesars. It's so long ago. But uh, long story short, and this is when they came in for a week, and Warren remembers very well, they would bring these artists in for five nights in a row. So Ringo was bringing his all-star band, and we were working this detail for almost the whole week. And I had a whole team of guys, and I printed up these pictures when Ali, Muhammad Ali, then Cassius Clay, met the Beatles. And the little-known part of the story is uh, Sonny Liston refused to meet them because they weren't real famous yet either. So this... This just happenstance meeting of the most famous people of the 20th century happened by chance in Miami, Florida. So I had this great picture that Ali's personal photographer had given me years before, a guy named Howard Bingham, one of the great, great sports photographers, entertainment photographers ever, and one of Ali's best friends through the years, but uh, gave me these photos. So I was dealing with the then, uh, and I can't remember who it was, the entertainment director, and we never asked for autographs. But I, I, in this case, I said, do you think, Ringo, I want to give him one of these because it's really special. It's never been released photo. And do you think he might sign one for each, each of my guys? And <laughs> the guy says, he hadn't signed an autograph all week, uh, but you're free to ask him. So I walk right in, you know, right in the dressing room. I said, Ringo, I said, I want to give you this gift. I said, I want to give you this gift. It's a really rare photo from Howard Bingham, the great photographer for Muhammad Ali. And um, I said, and do you think you might sign these extra ones for my friends here? And they're all in uniform, you know, they've been working this detail. He says, no problem, man. <laughs> this guy, this security director, his jaw hit the floor because <laughs> Ringo hadn't signed anything the entire week. And uh, so the long story short, I said, wow, what was this whole meeting like? I said, just extraordinary that the five of you, you know, the most famous people, I said, of, of the century, you know, get together in the ring for these great shots. He said, wow, it was really kind of freaky. He said, hmm. he said, but he was a big dude, man. <laughs> and, he, and, he, and then he prefaced it. He said, I lost a lot of money on that fight. Yeah, and nobody, I don't know why, nobody well, gave him a shot. I mean, I, 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 I'm not surprised. <laughs> you, you look at Styles make fights. Uh, he brought more than, than the champ could handle. Uh, Cassius Clay, then future Muhammad Ali. Warren, I know you're leaving soon. What would you like to share before you go? You know, there's one thing also that you kind of missed from the heyday. And, uh, you know, and I have to bring up resorts again because every, now think about this. Anybody who's been to the Rendezvous Lounge. Yep. I remember playing in the Rendezvous Lounge. And if you're on the stage and you look and you make a sharp right hand turn, in that corner was this big, a big sofa and every headliner that would be appearing in the superstar theater would come down to the rendezvous lounge and they'd be put in that area in the corner. Okay. And you kind of don't see that in today's day where a headliner will, will do a show and then walk around and come on down to the lounge and have a drink or, or two. Cause it's like, you don't see it anymore. Um, and yeah. by the way, you knew that was the standard then because, as you know, Room 101 – and I worked there for two years. Room 101 was the superstar – was the star's dressing room, and it was a full room suite. And so they never had to leave. 
So the fact that they did, it's because that's the way they did it back then. They they showed support to the other people that were performing. And you I think you had a lot more maybe this is not an accurate statement, but and and sometimes we just think that what happened before is better than what happens today. I think there was more camaraderie between entertainers then than there is now. Now, I'm I'm not speaking about Jimmy Allen opened up for Carrie Underwood the other night. It was like two headliners. It was fantastic. They did one number together. I'm not talking about the individual show itself, but just your comment. You know, Billy Daniels, who was in our building all the time, he'd be down there supporting whoever was in one of the lounges at the Golden Nugget and that kind of thing. Uh, what what is your comment about that, Warren? I mean, I, I totally agree with you 100%. I mean, the support back then is totally different in, in today's world. In today's world, you know, I, after a show, I would say to the headliners, tour manager, so what What does that person or group want to do after the show? They're just going to stay in their room. They're just going to order room service. Okay, well, that's fine. I, you know, I, I, I respect that. But back in the old days, it's a whole. it was a whole different story. What, what do you guys want to do? I think we're going to go to the lounge, or we're going to hang out and watch the bands play. That was so. That was incredible. And of I course, mean, they, Warren, they knew that fans were going to be, you know, all over the place. Uh, but that's the way they did it. One hundred percent. I mean, again, when I was playing in my playing days, I remember looking to the right, and there was Rodney Dangerfield and Dennis Blair. There you go. Unbelievable. Yeah. And I remember looking to the right, and there was there was Tom Jones. Well, yeah, as you know, the ones that are still performing now that have been performing for like 40 years and more, they still do it. I mean, for example, and I've only been there maybe three times. Don's been to America concerts with Dewey Bunnell and Jerry Beckley many, many more times than I. And you've, of course, have, um, you know, worked with them directly at the properties you've been at multiple times. When they're done the show, what do they do after the show, Warren? They want to go try to find a place to go. Well, the first thing they do, and Don, I think, will back me up on this, too, is they're sitting at a table after the show signing autographs. Correct, Don? Oh, yes. yes. That's true. Yes. Yeah. But a lot yeah, of a, a lot of the performers, that's it. The show is over. Maybe you get an encore or two or more. Uh, go to the playlist in the article that I wrote about September 28th of 2002 when Paul McCartney rocked boardwalk hall formerly the atlantic city convention center oh my gosh i mean he i think he did five songs in his encore it was like a mini concert after playing for like two hours and by the way he was age 62 and he didn't take a drink of water in hours i was the most amazing experience entertainment wise of my life don does that rate up there with yours Oh, it was the greatest, the greatest live entertainment show I ever saw. That was just, and I'd seen McCartney six other times besides that. That one evening, what, it was just magical. Whatever it was, Atlantic City, he was back. He was in great shape. His voice was perfect. And uh, it was just the, the, the most exhilarating live experience I ever had. Warren, you were not in the house on September 28, 2002, were you? Say it again there, sorry. Were, were you in the house September 28th of 2002 when Paul McCartney played? I was not in the house. I was playing in town somewhere, but I was not there, uh, unfortunately. It was, I mean, from a music standpoint, like a seminal moment. And I have to say, and it's not like because it's just recent and on my mind, Carrie Underwood with Jimmy Allen opening for about an hour, and she played for about an hour and 40 minutes. She flies all over the place. 
She takes the show all over the arena. It was one of the greatest high energy, tremendous shows that I have ever witnessed. And I know you know Carrie Underwood, Warren. Uh, this is Carrie Underwood 2.0, though, I have to say. Yeah, yeah. We had her uh, at season. She opened up the Circus Maximus after we had it uh, being rebuilt. She was the first act to appear in the new theater. So she, she brings her tour buses. Tony Romo, the quarterback, she's dating him at the time. Correct. He's backstage, he's backstage in the green room, and she just knocked it out of the park. Now, it wasn't like your show when she was flying around and had all the, uh, the pyro and yeah. the dancers and whatever. It wasn't like that, but she knocked it out of the park back in 2006. She killed no, it. No, there's no doubt because she's a pure, great singer. Warren, I know you got to go. Uh, let's do more of this. Good to be with you, my friend. I loved it. Let's do it again. I got a ton more stories that will knock you out, though. Good. We got more airtime, <laughs> so it'll work out perfect. Talk to you soon, my friend. Okay. You got it. When we come back, Don Hurley, yours truly, Hurley in the morning. We continue. Don will pick the next topic right after this. Don't go away. Brian Kilmeade here. Coming up on the big Friday edition of the Brian Kilmeade Show, Fox News Sunday's own Shannon Bream. She'll be in studio, and she's nice. I'll ask her if the Super Bowl was as good for her as it was for me. Admiral James Stavridis on the one-year anniversary of the Russian invasion of Ukraine. How close is Ukraine to victory? That's all coming up on only one show, the Brian Kilmeade Show. Brian Kilmeade is next at 10 on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Hey, Sean Hannity here. Join me this afternoon at 3. Now back to Harry Hurley on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Thank you, Sean. I forgot to tell Sean that Don Hurley would be here. He would have said Harry and Don. Uh, thank you, Sean Hannity. Sean Hannity, it's a, it's a great habit to wake up early in the morning and drive home with Sean Hannity, 3 to 6 p.m., I'm telling you, and then keep it right there through Levin and the rest of the uh, the lineup until we get right back here with you each morning, Monday through Friday, from just a few minutes past six when we sign on after the news until 10.06 when Brian Kilmeade takes over the uh, the uh, WPG Talk Radio 95.5 radio station. Also, uh, just for your planning purposes, Monday and Tuesday, this upcoming week, I will be filling in nationally on the nationally syndicated The Guy Benson Show on Fox News Radio uh, from 3 to 6 p.m. if you want to check us out. Don Hurley, let me give you an opportunity because obviously we knew Warren was only here for a part of the show. So we, we want to give him a lot of opportunity to be heard. And now I want to give you uh, plenty of time to be heard. Uh, the next topic is yours. Oh, thanks, Harry. And, and thanks to Warren Bader. He, I'll tell you, Harry, not just one of the great guys, but we've been friends a long time. But he's one of the really historic people of entertainment in Atlantic City's history. Just one of the really, really well-accomplished guys. That was really a thrill. It's the first time we've ever, the three of us, had a round robin like that. So I really enjoyed it. Correct. As you know, I have interviewed Warren, but that is the first time that the three of us were together. He is terrific. He's everything that you said he was. Okay, time is yours. You know, I was thinking, Harry, before we started, um, the whole idea of entertainment, you know, what you know, what constitutes entertainment, it's, it's so great that it's, it, it's kind of like where Atlantic City began, if you think about it. Um, the Steel Pier opened on our birthday in 1898, Harry, June of, 19, uh, June of 1898. And the entertainment attraction was Annie Oakley, the sharpshooter. So she did a, you know, a rifle shooting ex exhibition that they still talk about right on the Steel Pier. 
And that was entertainment. Think about it. You know, in Atlantic City, they're opening the greatest venue, in my opinion, in entertainment history. And a sharpshooter was the entertainment, you know, for the week. And, you know, and it went on from there. And, and you know, the Hammonds continued that. George Hammond, senior, probably one of the greatest showmen of the 20th century for sure. And, you know, he continued that pattern where it, it might be a rock star or it could be the amazing Kresk and the mentalist. Or the Three Stooges. So, or the Three Stooges in comedy. Or, or, and- or Chicago or Diana Ross uh, or Sinatra. I mean, I think you can make the case, and I'd like you to make it right now. Am I correct when I say to Don P. Hurley, who has hosted music and memory programs on three radio stations that I know of, actually a fourth uh, that I know of uh, in your career, um, can we make the case and, 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 and not be full of it that Steel Pier is the venue that has had more of the best entertainment of its time, of its era, than any other location that you could possibly think of? Oh, I don't think without question. In fact, that's I sort of prefaced when I said Steel Pier was the greatest entertainment venue in the history of the world. If you think about it, and that's why we're so lucky in this area, and I think, you know, we sometimes take it for granted what we've been exposed to that, you know, you imagine living somewhere in the Midwest where they don't, Back, especially when we did growing up in the 60s, Harry, they didn't get to see anything. You know, everything was either radio or television. You know, we were seeing these live acts. The greatest entertainers of the era would be playing right, to, you know, right down the street from us. And probably so many people that were 100 feet, 1,000 feet, a couple miles, whatever away, never availed themselves. That's something we will always have going for us. We were regulars at Steel Pier. The value was incredible, and we just loved it. And, I mean, if you try to do it right now, do it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to challenge you. In fact, I'm going to challenge you after the break because I ran as long as I could with Warren to give him as much time as we could this morning. Let's get the last break done, and when we come back, we're going to have a good 13 minutes or so uninterrupted. When we come back, tell our listeners as many acts that you saw at Steel Pier in your lifetime that you can remember. When we come back, a mental health break hour of the Hurley in the Morning program with Brother Don continues on the station that plays the winners, WPG Talk Radio, 95.5, where I am Monday through Friday, respectfully yours, your humble public servant, the undisputed mayor of the morning, I am. Hurley in the Morning, WPG Talk Radio 95.5 FM and 1450 AM. WPGG Atlantic City, WENJHD3 Millville, a town square media station. You know, people ask me all the time, Hannity, what kind of gun should I get? My answer is always the same. I tell them, you've got to check out my good friends at Henry Repeating Arms. Let me tell you why. They have over 200 models to choose from in both rimfire and centerfire calibers. They have their brand new 9mm semi-automatic carbine called the Henry Homesteader. By the way, one of my personal favorites. Now, it's ideal for home, property, business protection. And you can check it out by going to their website, henryusa.com. While you're there, you get a free catalog, free decals, and a list of dealers where you live. And check them out yourself. These are all top-quality, American-made firearms that are affordable, accurate, and reliable right out of the box. And when you buy a Henry, it'll be backed by their lifetime satisfaction guarantee and their award-winning customer service with experts who can help you. If you're in the market for a high-quality, American-made firearm, 
Make sure you go to HenryUSA.com, get your free catalog decals and a list of dealers where you are. You will love this company. Set the first button on your car radio for South Jersey's talk station. WPG Talk Radio 95.5. All right, so we had about a four or so minute break, maybe five minutes. Uh, I think he would have gone on a roll with with no provocation, just bam. Uh, So here you go, Don. Go name as many of the stars that you've seen in your lifetime at Steel Pier, which would mean I saw them too. Wow. Well, you know, we've been so lucky. I mean, this is really easy because I sort of remember things chronologically. It's just kind of the way my mind works. So it won't always be the maybe the biggest star, but it, in, in order. But to, to remember the beginning, Harry, I'll never forget this. You and I, it's 1965. This is the very first live show we ever went to. And this was at the Steel Pier, of course. In fact, it was also our great friend Glenn Lilly was in the same audience. It's the first live concert he ever saw by way of upstate North Jersey. But uh, came came down to the Steel Pier with his with his mother on that same day that we went there back in 1965 to see the Supremes, who were only known back then as the Supremes. It was it wasn't Diana Ross and the Supremes yet, just just the Supremes, and you know one of the Motown greats ever. And I tell you what, I remember the most, Harry, was it was the first live show we ever saw, and seeing this group sing these songs that we were hearing on the radio as kids. And they were doing it live. It just was like a mind-altering experience. It's the only way I can describe it, that we were actually seeing the people that did it do it live because that whole concept was completely foreign to us, you know, as five-year-olds and or as anybody seeing a live act for the first time. So that was first, Harry. And I always had fond memories, and I, I got to, to know Diana Ross, as you know, Harry, a little bit uh, – we got to know each other pretty well when I, in my days in the police department. And uh, – and I was, we talked a lot, and I, I was so fond that that was my first musical experience because they were so great. You remember how great that show was? Harry? Oh my gosh, pinch me! It was incredible. Yeah, I mean, you know, they they were doing at that time. Stop in the name of love. It was so great. I think it was number one for like six months. I mean, you think about today how fast everything is. You you can't have there would never be a song number one for six months you know so that was recorded in the winter of the year and this was summertime now on the steel pier they're kicking off their tour and it's still number one you know around the world it's just great stuff and you know to me motown it was so great and the the thing i always took from you know because i've interviewed so many of the motown artists and it it, you know what it reminds me of harry it's kind of like uh the, the, the Pop Lloyd group, which is not real active right now, that celebrated the Negro League of Professional Baseball, as it were. Some of the greatest players ever were in there, and they were so great, and they weren't allowed to play in the major leagues yet. And so here was Motown, and they come along, Harry, and, you know, they're the Supremes. The names were so dynamic. The Temptations, uh, you know, every name was like a, like a glory type type of name. And, you know, that music was breaking through. But the point I'm getting at is every one of these artists, there there was like no bitterness, Harry. They were just filled with love. Every interview I did with the four tops, Duke Fakir, he said, you know, we probably had a lot of reason to be angry. But you know what? We just loved everybody. We loved music and we played to everybody. And he still plays to this day, Harry. Duke's close to 90 years old, the original four top playing with, with his group still. 
And there's just there's no anger. There's no bitterness. All he talks about is bringing people together. And he's he was always said he's most proud that everyone enjoyed the music of the four tops. How yep. great is that? I love it. And here, you know what I love to do with you? I love to ask you impossible questions. Who is the greatest entertainer or act to appear at Steel Pier? Wow, that's a good one. Let me think. Um, in, in fairness, it's impossible, and it's all—it's subject to you know personal, you know, taste and so on. Could we just end it and say Sinatra, or is that not correct? Or could you say Ricky Nelson? I mean, well, in, in, you know, in a different genre, yes, you could. Uh, you know, because think about it, Ricky Nelson. A lot of people aren't aware of this. Uh, played his first live concert. Now he had sang on Ozzy and Harriet. You know, people knew he could sing, and he was very, very handsome. I mean, this guy, he was so handsome. You know, I was talking with his sons a, a couple of years ago, and they said it was like he was so gorgeous, it was like impossible to take him seriously. Is there is there any record, anything on record that he went to a garden party ever? That's a joke. Um, he did sing, I yeah, went to a great. garden party, right? So, and when I say this, it's important for our listeners to understand, because sometimes Don and I, can finish and start each other's questions. He knows exactly what I mean. Ricky Nelson could be the greatest act in the history of Steel Pier when you know the whole backstory. And if you go to our website or to the app, you can read my story about that uh, because he sold more tickets. I think he did more shows in one day. The pier, people thought, including Joe Grady, that the pier was going to collapse. It swayed back and forth. That never happened when Sinatra was there. Now, if you ask me who's the better entertainer, who has the career, of course, it's the chairman of the board, Frank Sinatra. But this is a separate question. The greatest act in Steel Pier history, is it Ricky Nelson? Well, see, here's the problem with the question. Now, of course, Ricky Nelson had the advantage of television, Harry, which Frank Sinatra did not have. At the times, you know, when Frank was playing the Steel Pier, he was with the Tommy Dorsey Orchestra, Harry. He was the boy singer, and he broke out, you know, uh, as the greatest artist of the 20th century. So, uh, you know, if you ask me who's the, who's the greatest singer that ever played the Steel Pier, it's without question Sinatra. Oh, what no, 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 no. No, I, I agree. Let me make myself clear. Uh, there's, there's no dispute about that. I'm saying the greatest act in Steel Pier history, and Sinatra doesn't get credit for what happened later because that hadn't happened yet. So he's at the level he's at at that time. And anybody else who ever played at Steel Pier is at the level that they were at that time. Uh, so who with that as the ground rules, not future you know, stardom and all that, because there's no question Sinatra is the pick if you income average his whole career and then count it with Steel Pier. But I, I say you can't do that. Uh, base it on the people that appeared and where they were at that part point of their careers. Oh, yeah, well, that's a good question, because think about it. Hammond had, and you've talked about this, you've written about it many times, Hammond lost Elvis Presley to $5,000. If they had paid him, the colonel wanted 5000 more, Elvis would have played the Steel Pier, which would have been so great. And it's so sad that Elvis missed Atlantic City, and he just missed it because, you know, resorts would have booked him. He, Elvis would have played, you know, a year earlier, Elvis would have played Atlantic City. So that's one of the great misses. And in fact, we both interviewed George Hammond, who said they didn't care what it took. They were not going to miss Ricky Nelson. Ricky Nelson was ready to debut his live concert act. And Hammett said that is happening in Atlantic City without question, no matter what it cost. 
and it did become the biggest event ever because more tickets were sold. They almost collapsed the pier. It became one of those things in like folklore. So yeah, Ricky Nelson's the biggest event that ever happened at the Steel Pier for sure. Name some of the other ones. I, I threw out the, the Three Stooges because I've actually seen video of that. Well, did, I did not see them, nor did you at Steel Pier. We could I mean, have. Harry, there's so many great ones. Uh, I'll tell you who, who became famous at Steel Pier. Uh, they, and of course, they were already famous uh, to some extent, but Abbott and Costello, huge history in Atlantic City, Harry. You know, they would they would have their you know they were working with the minstrels back then. Uh, and they would have films coming out at the same time. They would be playing, you know, uh, the music hall. So Abbott and Costello, huge. Um, you know, Jackie Gleason played the Steel Pier. A lot of people don't remember that. Um, it's just the list, it, 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 it keeps growing, Harry, because every once in a while I'll do an interview with somebody. For instance, Helen Reddy and, and I became really good friends. And I'm just talking with her one time through the years and I just said, hey, Helen, and I wasn't at that time, I wasn't doing the Steel Pier show. So I did, I just said, um, Helen, do you remember the Steel Pier in Atlantic City? And she knocks me over, Harry. She says, oh, do I remember it? I played the Steel Pier. And I said, what? I, I said, I, I just didn't remember. And then she jogged my memory, Harry, and we were there. So if you, if you remember this, the fifth dimension were on top of the world back in 1968. And uh, huge, huge, uh, Marilyn McCoo and Billy Davis Jr. and, the, and all the fifth dimension. Lawrence LaRue, all of them. Uh, they played the Steel Pier, and their opening act was this young Australian girl with her big, uh, her big band charts uh, that she brought with her, and that was Helen Reddy, open wow. for the Fifth Dimension. You know, I love. I and know we you do there. too. I I love Helen Reddy's voice. I love it. The tonal quality of it, her enunciation. Oh my gosh, she's part of my morning concerts that I do 30 minutes before airtime each morning uh, of, of the year. Uh, I, I, I love her sound. I think, I think we're all different. Um, I was having a conversation with um, some of my direct relatives, Don, in, in our immediate family, and I said, you know, there are voices that are very pleasant on your ear. There are voices that are very pleasant on other people's ears, but not on maybe yours. And that goes for singers as well. I, I think you'll know this. There are also people... That based on the hearing that you have, you have a hard time even hearing what they're saying. It's just it's it's not their fault. It's just you don't hear them. And and everybody w- around me was in agreement that that is true. Karen Carpenter, Helen Reddy, Celine Dion, Carrie Underwood, Frank Sinatra, Chicago. Uh, I could keep going on and on. America, uh, England, Dan and John Ford Coley. Seals and Croft. I mean, these are all sounds that are as beautiful in my ear today as when I was a teenager. Oh, yeah. And add the Beach Boys, Frankie Valley and the Four Seasons. Without a doubt, they're, they're all in it. And I'm going to tell you something. Because of that, that, it was a little crazy, a little zany. Boz Learman is wild. But because of that Elvis movie, which I've watched about three times, and sometimes I just watch certain parts of it where I don't want to watch the whole movie, I fell in love, re-love with Elvis. Do you know that's probably one of the entertainment regrets of my life that I did not see Elvis in person? Yeah, we had the chance, Harry, if you recall. Our dad's secretary, I can't tell you how many times that Dottie Barone offered to take us to see Elvis. Elvis. Yeah, we were young and dumb. I mean, we were young and dumb. Yeah, we were stupid. Yeah, it was really, yeah. But you know what's so great, Harry? I'm, I'm thinking about the Steel Pier, which is such a source of fondness for me. 
uh, I just love it, it as, as an entity, as, a, as a, a venue, a memory. But the thing that was so great about Steel Pier, and I remember this one day in particular, it was the late 60s, and they had right on the big billboard today live Gary Lewis and the Playboys and also Lewis Armstrong. I uh-huh. mean, the, the, the guy who invented jazz. Think They're about it, Gary. The guy, crazy. I mean, and. Is nuts. I mean, one of those famous people in music history. And actually, it was a little crazy because they almost made it look like he was like on the undercard, you know, Louis Armstrong, one of the greatest entertainers of the 20th century. Hey, Don, let me tell you one of my favorite things about Steel Pier, and I still remember it. And I still remember having cherry red lips. The cherry water ice at Steel Pier in those little paper cups that kind of had, the, I forget what that term would be. They kind of have a ridged like cup going around it. Uh, I still remember getting the cherry water ice all these many decades later. Yeah, and it was so good. And I got to tell you, Harry, I've never been able to find another nope. one like it nope. ever again. Never. There was something special about it. Same same with the, the pizza they made. Although I will tell you, Harry, when you were working, when you were working for uh, Donald Trump at the Trump Castle, uh, I was there with our sister one time out on the deck, and they served us a pizza. I took one bite. She took a bite. And we looked at each other, and she says, What's, what are you thinking of? I said, oh, my God. I was five years old again, Harry. It was like somebody made the Steel Pier pizza at Trump Castle. Wow. And it was just incredible. Very yeah, how, cool. Aren't they amazing? I, I, you know, I, I've interviewed Frank Sinatra Jr. so many times through the years, and he remembers the smell of the peanuts, the smell of the wood, yeah. you know, of the pier. Yeah. You know, there's just certain things. The cow sills, the cow sills always talk about the Belgian waffles. Ten they seconds were, and sorry. kids watching... Yeah, they were watching Neil Armstrong land on the moon at Steel Pier, by the way, in between their act. And, you know, all these things. Hey, were hey Don, here's the beautiful news. We're never going to run out of things to talk about. We'll do it again next time. Yes, we will. Okay, man. Good to hear you, Harry. Yep. Take care, everybody. Good to hear you. Your voice is good on my ear, too, Don.